This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation Wrestling Network. Welcome to the latest episode of Who's Next? I am Andy Atherton, one of your co-hosts, back with you. We're here to discuss the last, oh, I don't know, <laughs> almost two months of NXT. We had to take a little extended hiatus or extended break, extended pause, however you want to call it. You know, life gets in the way, stuff happens, but we are completists and we feel like we're not going to do our due diligence unless we pick up right where we left off. And who's we? Well, you know who we is in the me and, and the person I do this uh, show with. He is the Mississippi Mud Pie, Logan Cross. And Logan, so great to be back talking NXT with you. Yeah, I thought you bailed on me there for a while, but we are back, and we are going to be better than ever, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it was touch and go for a moment, but I, I, I pulled through. Uh, got through that uh, Memorial Day, and then mm. Father's Day, and then Fourth of July, and now now here we are in the uh, the heat, the hot of the summer mm. here to, uh, and a lot's happened. I mean, obviously, because it's been been a bit, but a lot, there's a lot going on in, in NXT. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. So we're going to kind of change it up just for tonight a little bit. We're going to go a little bit quicker through, through things because we do have a lot more to cover than usual. So we're not going to go really deep down into the uh, to the matches, you know, play by play kind of thing. We're just going to we'll talk about the matches and give us any highlights, any thoughts on the storylines and all the developments that have been happening there. Because we have some new faces. We have uh, some appearances coming, uh, you know, new faces that we've never seen before. Right. And also we have new faces coming to NXT, which is kind of cool. And we have some people on their way out, whether uh, not by their choice. Uh, but we'll get to that towards the uh, the back end of, uh, of what we're talking about tonight. But we're going all the way back to May 23rd. And that show opened up. We were still in the midst of the NXT Women's Championship Tournament. And the match that uh, opened the show was Lyra Valkyria, who beat, uh, defeated Cora Jade that night. And it was uh, the Irish superstar countered in the last second uh, and hit a crushing roundhouse kick to stun her opponent and send her to NXT Battleground. Now, I know we both like Lyra, right? Mm-hmm. But her, her her kicks, right? Her roundhouse kick leaves something to be desired. What, what do you think her, her batting average is on hitting that pretty clean or flush? Ooh, uh, very, very low. Uh, I mean, I think she hits it every time, but it is very weak and like she hits it with like the wrong part of her leg. I feel like I feel like she hits their the face with her thigh a lot. And yeah, like, like the knee, the thigh, the mid leg. Like yeah. yeah. I feel like you're supposed to kind of if you do something like that, you need to really hit them with like the like closer to your foot or your shin or your calf, you know, whatever. But I feel like she hits it more in like the knee area and maybe even a little more above that with the with the thigh. But, yeah, anybody that would consider this crushing, uh, um, I, I might have to have a talk with whoever wrote that down. But, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to reveal my source, but, yeah, <laughs> they, they uh, you know, they, they kind of uh, are in the position to. uh uh, you know, make this sound better than it was, so to speak. 
Yeah, I got you. Um, but yeah, the match was fine. It was real short, uh, considering it was the semifinal. But they have a lot to that you know they try to fill these episodes with as much as possible. But it was a you know it was a pretty good match for four four or five minutes. But uh, yeah, Lyra wasn't a shocking uh, shocking winner because I think we kind of knew who was coming from the other side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you did you think Cora had a chance to get to the finals in this, or you think this was the uh, the right call? I mean, I know. You know, heel heel is not really usually done for for things like this. Whenever they're tournaments, you kind of they kind of gets a little predictable at times. Uh, they they're more apt to go baby face baby face, I think. But um, uh, were you surprised Cora uh, lost in the semis? Um, I, I could have seen a path uh, where where it could have happened because I mean Roxanne was on the other side in the semifinals because you so you could have rekindled that and kind of redone that, but. Um, I think we both thought that Tiffany was a bit pretty big favorite going into this because I think she probably should have won it a couple times before this. But, um, yeah, I could have seen a path with them to uh, uh, rekindle that rivalry, but um, I think they definitely went the right direction. All right. We move on to Dabakato defeating Axiom. This is this this baffles me, and we're we're going to be talking about that for the next couple ep- this uh, next couple episodes. But uh, you know, the, the description has Axiom pr- uh, priding himself on being a superhero, but he seemed to found his kryptonite on the massive Dabakato, who absolutely destroyed him in singles competition. Dabakato barely broke a sweat as he absorbed all of Axiom's shots before hitting a devastating sit-out powerbomb to pick up the win. Now, Axiom had been had a, a little bit of momentum going, and I I kind of question this because why? I mean, I it, they do they do follow it up for a couple of weeks this thing, but I I I'm, I, I did not like this at all. What what were your thoughts on on putting Davicato in there and basically squashing Axiom? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like you said like he's uh, Axiom had building building some momentum, um, and I feel like Davicato before this hadn't been super duper featured once after he uh, had the match with Apollo. Um, and I think it's even stupider uh, where it goes forward. We'll talk about that as we get into other episodes. Not not because of who's involved, not not at all because of that, but just uh, just just because of how they go. And uh, you know, if you if you want to make Dabakato this killer that can just squash guys that obviously are uh, maybe mid tier uh, of a superstar, kind of like I feel like Axiom is. He's always in that uh, you know North America title picture. Um, but if you, if you're gonna have, have him squash a guy like this, you would think. You would present him uh, strong like that going forward, but uh, we'll get we'll get along to more of uh, Dabakato's matches mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. All right, then we move on to Tyler Bate versus Eddie Thorpe. The big strong boy topped Eddie Thorpe and ended the Alpha Wolf's undefeated streak to begin his NXT career. But the Tyler Driver '99 proved to be too much and gave Tyler Bate some momentum heading into NXT Battleground, where he will be in the three-way for the North American title. I, I like this Eddie Thorpe kid. I, you know, I think it's very early for him. Uh, he's got room for improvement, but I see a lot of potential in there. Tyler Bates, one of those guys, like I'm trying to figure out what the end game is for him, at least on the NXT brand. And we you know he, he's pre- pretty present on uh, th- this group of episodes we're going to talk about, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying him being down there. And I, I like him being that veteran presence. Uh, what do you think of this match? 
Yeah, he's definitely a good guy to have down there. He hardly ever I, – I would say he has a pretty good batting average. He hardly ever has a, a bad match. He may not have the greatest match every every episode or whatever, but he usually puts out a pretty pretty solid effort. Uh, that's no different here. I think him and Eddie had a pretty good match. Eddie, I think, is uh, going to be a big star going forward on the on the NXT brand. Um, you know, once a couple of other guys kind of move out, I think they'll kind of push him a little higher on the card. Um, as they seem to be featuring him a good bit, but yeah, Bates is a good guy to have, um, just to have that veteran presence, kind of like you said, even though he's only like 26 still. Um, but yeah, I do think he's kind of spinning his wheels. I don't really know what the, like you said, what the end game with him is. Cause he kind of started out at the top, you know, he was in the title match with Braun. So, um, you know, he's been up there, he's been in the North American, um, uh, you know, maybe when Wes loses the, uh, the North American title, him and him and Wes can win the tag titles or something like that, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. So then we want to Nathan Frazier versus Noam Dar. And what can be considered a stunner? Nathan Frazier down Noam Dar just days before Dar defends the NXT Heritage Cup at Battleground against Dragon Lee. And Frazier wins with a diving splash to the outside and subsequently hitting the Phoenix splash to defeat the Heritage Cup champ. Nathan Frazier is a guy who's starting to come into his own, I think. You know, he's getting a little more personality. Yeah, you know, you have these guys and they're great, you know, in the ring. It's like kind of like how Neville was in the beginning. Neville didn't have much of a personality, but, you know, he was tremendous in the ropes. He's he's actually a guy I wish that he w- would come back to WWE one day. But once he started having that, that that you know, he was great as a baby face. But once he got that that that, that heel turn, right, because I, I thought that's where they could be going with Frazier. I, I don't think that's where they're going at the moment, at least. Mm-hmm. And, and and Noam Dar is a guy like you love to hate him. He just has like a punchable face, and he's got that <laughs> annoying voice. So I I think he's great as a heel, and and his in ring isn't bad. So what do you think of this match? Yeah, he's very solid in ring. He's not going to blow you away, I don't think. But he's uh, he, he can have he has a ton of different styles that he can use. He uses strikes, does a lot of submission stuff. But I thought this match was really good, uh, considering um, I didn't think they would get a ton of time, but they actually gave him a pretty good amount um, of time for this one. So, but like you said, I'm kind of surprised they had Dar lose uh, right before the pay per view. But um, I think at the pay per view, it kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of down on his luck uh, heading into the big match with Dragon Lee, but um, uh, things will get revealed as uh, as that match happens. Yes, um, I want to know but, your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, big win for Nathan. I think, like you said, I think he's starting to get a little bit of that personality with the little talk show that he has and uh, just being a little bit more featured here. So, uh, yeah, really solid match for sure. Well, there's definitely room for another talk show right now with uh, the Grayson Waller effect going up to SmackDown. So mm-hmm. there's definitely um, a, an opportunity here for somebody to step up and show some personality. Mm-hmm. So, so then we get uh, coming off of uh, Briggs and Jensen fighting each other as friends. We get Hank and Tank with Hank Walker defeating Tank Ledger in uh, what amounts to a friendly uh, match to build on their friendship, which uh, will carry over actually to another tag team as well. <laughs> in an upcoming episode, one of our favorite tag teams, not, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I, I kind of like these guys. Like, like Hank was like, kind of like to me, like I was like wondering like what the deal is with this guy, but putting them with tank, you know, I, we, like I said, we got our heavy machinery 2.0 mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing going here with a couple of, uh, you know, brawling guys, lovable. I mean, is there room on the on the NXT roster for two teams? Kind of not saying that Briggs and Jensen are like 
that, but they're kind of they they they're they're kind of like cousins, I guess, of each other. These teams, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like they're not they're on the family tree. They're just not directly connected, so to speak. Because you can see a lot of similarities there. But um, what do you think of this uh, this match? Yeah, they're both kind of bruising teams. They're going to hit you with some real hard shots and stuff like that and hits a lot of power moves. But, yeah, I mean, I think this was a good little Haas match. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't super long or anything like that, so it didn't take up a bunch of time. So it couldn't be super offensive even if it was bad. But, yeah, like I said, it was just hard hitting and, you know, big guys slapping meat like uh, Biggie used to say. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, I, I think there's room for them. I think they're a different enough. I think – I think Briggs and Jensen have a little bit more speed to them than these two guys do, and these guys are a little bit more bruising than those guys are. But, um, yeah, I think I think they definitely both have their place. All right. Then we get a debut with uh, Luca Crucifino, who defeated Von Wagner via disqualification. It didn't go uh, His debut didn't go as planned as Von lost his temper. He got disqualified before slamming Crucifino onto the announce table. So we got this whole Von Wagner thing going on trying to give the guy a personality trying to build a backstory with him uh what do you what, what are your thoughts on on where vaughn has been headed lately um it was, i was definitely interested to see where they were gonna i mean they they like it as another thing it'll as we go on a little bit it'll it'll build and build and build but um they they needed to go some direction with him so i i guess it's good that he has a a direction um but i i think Obviously, knowing what I know now, I think I think it's been good for him, and uh, I think the crowd has kind of gotten behind him a little bit. But uh, yeah, him him constantly losing his temper, um, the crowd pops for it because he really decimates the guys when he does lose his temper. So, um, but I, I'm not I'm not super excited about the uh, lawyer uh, character of Luca Cristofino, but we'll see if yeah. he yeah. builds on me. All right, and then we move on to our main event of this episode with Tiffany Stratton taking on Roxanne Perez in the other semifinals for the NXT Women's Championship Tournament. And uh, they battle it out with Stratton showing a ruthlessness previously unseen, leaving Perez in a heap of pain. She hits the prettiest moon, well, she goes to hit the prettiest moonsault ever. It gets countered, allowed Roxanne back into the match, but her attempt at pop, pop rocks was countered into the PME and sent Stratton to the NXT women's title match at Battleground, which was pretty much a, you know, a no brainer for, for those of us watching and, and having had watched wrestling like for more than a day. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Roxanne is in that um, kind of got to get knocked down to get built back up mode. I think right now mm-hmm. and, and Tiffany, you know, has, you know, she was good. Like when she debuted at, uh, you know, and I think she's just gotten better and better. I mean, maybe that break was good for her. I don't know if it was like an injury or some kind of other kind of a uh, medical thing, but um, I, I think uh, it's been. Uh, I'm. I was. I was looking forward to seeing her and Lyra in the finals. With uh, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't be upset if Lyra wins, but you know, smart money was on Tiffany. Um, what What do you What were you thinking about this match? No, I thought this was really good. I, I thought it really showcased both girls, and um, you know, this was a good way to get. Uh, Tiffany into the finals um, this could have been the finals and I would have been perfectly okay with it um, but I understand that they're trying to build uh, Lyra up a little bit uh, giving her that opportunity um, and obviously Tiffany's probably prob- was probably like we said the favorite going into the tournament as a whole so um, yeah definitely an interesting matchup one that I'm probably looking at the bracket ahead of time probably wouldn't have guessed but um, definitely one I was excited to see all right 
so that brings us to NXT Battleground that took place on May 28th. And in we Worcester. opened <laughs> in Worcester, Mass. <laughs> we, could, uh, we, have, we had a PTBN contingent there. Actually, a, a nice uh, a nice grouping was up there. I, I had the opportunity to go. I, uh, unfortunately for me, it was just one in the cars. But we start off the show with the NXT North American Championship, which is usually what we start off the shows with. And and these matches, I, I, I don't know what it is about the NXT North American title matches on, on PLEs, but they're usually the match of the night. And this one, I, you could argue, may have been that. So it was Wesley defending against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy. Wesley walked out uh, of NXT Battleground with his historic NXT North American Championship ring still intact as he knocked off both Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy in triple threat. The champion and Bate have been allies in recent weeks, but Bate's desire to be champion has soured the friendship and forced the two to come to blows with the villainous Gacy watching in the shadows. The two superstars put their differences aside to begin the match to neutralize the leader schism. Then all three superstars looked to gain advantage, but it was the big strong boy who lived up to his nickname by swinging Lee while simultaneously hitting an airplane spin on Gacy. Mm. Gacy took control of the match after hitting a Uranagi and reverse DDT on his opponents before locking into a body stretch submission on Lee. Even when Bate tried to break up the submission attempt, Gacy just gave him a big smile before locking the hold on him. As the action continued, Lee nailed both Lee both Bate and Gacy with simultaneous cardiac kicks, but couldn't find, couldn't finish the matches. Both superstars kicked out of pinfall attempts. The pace became frenetic as Lee nailed Bate with a dive to the outside, but it left him susceptible to an Uranagi. When Gacy went for the upside down, Bate countered with another cardiac kick and retained his title. Well, Lee, can it, uh, whoever wrote this, uh, you know, should know their shit. But uh, Lee countered with another uh, cardiac kick and retained his title. I thought this was a tremendous match. That, you know, the... Um, the, where um, the cardiac kick uh, on both was was good, and that where um, when uh, Tyler Bate had the was swing, you know Wesley while hitting an airplane spin on Gacy, I was like that was that was a feat of strength right there. I I really enjoyed this match. What do you think, uh, Logan? Yeah, he really is the big strong boy. That's not just a gimmick; it's a it's a way of life. <laughs> he lives it. Um, but yeah, like you said, the the. North American Championship usually opens these uh, paper or these PLEs. Uh, it's hard to not call them pay-per-views anymore. But um, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, they definitely usually uh, open these shows, and it's usually a good thing. It's a very usually a very high energy match to hype the crowd, uh, and this one definitely did that. Um, I, yeah, like you said, the double cardiac kick was awesome at that point, and then the feat of strength that. Uh, bait did was also a really great spot um and i think the uh, upside down into the cardiac kick was a really awesome way to finish it i thought that was really solid because it really looked like gacy was going to pull it off but um wesley kind of survived out of nowhere once again but yeah really really strong match um usually probably would have been my match of the night but i think i'd probably give it to another one we'll talk about it in a minute all right yeah and gacy you know for a guy let's just say he's a little on the, on the chubbier side he, he can move around, mm. you know, and so I think he was able to keep up because sometimes you like you go into these matches and you think like it's the it's the working title. Right. You know, it's usually the, the you know, somewhat smaller guys that are more high flyers or, or the more, uh, you know, classically athletic. And when there's a big guy in there, you're kind of like, oh, but then, you know, they they never seem to uh, to uh, disappoint. Which is a uh, you know no no uh, no difference here. So then we move on to the NXT Heritage Cup Championship, 
and we uh, we have it uh, contested. It was the first ever Heritage Cup match on American soil. Noam Dar was defending against Dragon Lee. It was being contested under Heritage Cup rules. The first three minutes were a feeling out process as neither superstar picked up the ball in a lot of time. Second round was much faster pace as Dar even picked up the first fall thanks to a crafty roll-up. Noam Dar spent the third round working Dragon Lee over, using several holds and submissions to keep the high-flying superstar grounded. As the round came to a close, Dar hit Lee with a cheap shot after the bell rang. It clearly stung Lee, was not in a good place for round four, but he managed to pick up a fall after Noam Dar was distracted by a fight between Oro Mensah and Nathan Frazier. The decisive blow came in the final round when Last Legend and Jakara Jackson appeared out of nowhere attacking Lee while the referee was distracted. Their presence allowed Dar to hit the Nova Roller and retain the Heritage Cup. Uh, I thought this was fine. Um, I don't, I'm not that familiar with Heritage Cup. I, you know, NXT UK, I, I watched when I could remember, you know, about it being on because it was uh, always, it always like d- uh, dropped during the day. I think on, on Thursdays, I think it was. That was right, yeah. Yeah, so, and I don't remember, I, I think, I don't think I ever watched a Heritage Cup match. So, um, <laughs> no, but I thought, no, I'm just being honest. I mean, no, yeah, yeah, I you know, you. I think, you know, Dragon Lee, for a guy that came in all his fanfare, has he had a big win yet, really? No, he hadn't really won at all. Uh, no? I feel like he's losing a bunch. So yeah, yeah. And I, I that really doesn't improve in the come the coming weeks after the after this. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very confused by uh, the the booking of him so far. But I mean, he's put on really good matches. Uh, so that's definitely not the problem. But um, yeah, they sure don't seem to be giving him a bunch of wins. But um, I I don't remember who I was. Talking. It was probably Ryan. Ryan's the only Ryan Gray is probably the big, biggest biggest fan outside of the two of us but um i think i was talking to him this is one of those styles of matches um i really love during like the pandemic um in in those nxt uk uk matches but i i feel like this is like a small crowd like either or like no crowd or small crowd style of match that they can like really I don't know. I just don't think it works in like a big arena like this because it's, you know, it's real stop and start real like, I don't know. It just came across a lot better uh, during those NXT UK uh, tapings and stuff like that because there was either like a small crowd or a lot of them happened during the pandemic where there was no crowd. And I just feel like for some reason uh, it worked a little bit better in that environment And, and it could work in the NXT arena, but in these big arenas with the stop and start, you know, you know, they have the three minutes and they stop and then they start again. I feel like it's very um, hard to get like into real hard unless that last uh, fall or whatever is just a absolute not nonstop just banger of a three minutes. But yeah, it's a weird style and I'm just not sure it works in these big arenas. Yeah, it's for me. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things if you're not used to it. If you're not familiar with it, you're kind of like, what is happening? <laughs> so, all right. So it's just not move- the most exciting thing, I guess. Yeah. It, it, it worked in those, like, small arena uh, mm-hmm. settings like NXT UK was. Yeah, because if, if maybe if it was something that originated here yeah. on NXT, it wasn't something that just all of a sudden, like, kind of, like, appeared, so to speak. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, how many people really watched NXT UK? Mm-hmm. Because Only psychopaths like me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I mean, I liked it. No, but I, I enjoyed it when I watched it. It was just one of those things like I could never, I you know, it was never like in the front of my head because it's like, you know, we have Raw, you know, and, and NXT on, on USA, SmackDown's on Fox. And if you want to talk about like AEW, we, you know, it's like, you know, when those are on. 
Mm-hmm. It's on, you know, but when it's not on like a regular channel and it's on a streaming service, that's when it's like kind of like uh, you're not exactly appointment television, I guess, for you. Yeah. And it's also not airing like dropping like at in, in nighttime, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got so, you. Um, anyway, so moving on to our next match, which is a last man standing match between Ilya Dragunov and Dijak. Action was intense from the jump, as his two superstars battled each other from the beginning. Both Dragunov and Dijak were willing to do whatever it took to win, with the Mad Dragon even crashing through a table in order to hurt his opponent. The brutality continued with a barrage of steel step shots, but Dragunov used them to his advantage as he managed to hit a coast-to-coast. Very impressive, too. While Dijak was trapped in the corner, Dijak battled back and hit a choke slam on the apron, followed by Feast, feast Your Eyes. Dijak began to torture Dragunov, bashing him with a kendo stick and a steel chair. When Dragunov finally countered, he hit a dazed Dijak with a flying forearm off the top of the steel steps and onto a steel chair, which finally kept Dijak down for the 10 count. This was, these two guys beat the crap out of each other, basically, and I was all there for it. Um, I thought the the usage of the weapons was was really goodness, and and Dijak's one of, uh, not Dijak, uh, Dragunov's one of those people, you just like, he just doesn't care. Like, you just like, he just <laughs> wants to inflict pain and doesn't matter how much pain he has to in- incur as long as you are hurting. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, Dijak's another guy. It's like, has he had a big win since the repackage on NXT? I mean, I, I do like the new gimmick and I, I like the repack, but he he hasn't had a big win yet. Well, what are your, what are your thoughts on the match here? Yeah, I'm a little bit more, more forgiving with him. I feel like he came back down to kind of help out the younger guys and mm-hmm. like, you know, be, be more of a base for those kind of guys to learn. And, you know, he's had some good matches uh, with guys. So yeah, uh, but it, it, it is one of those things where, like you said, he hasn't gotten uh, many wins if, and especially not any real big ones, but yeah, Dragunov's one of those guys that just, he'll hurt himself just to hurt you even more than he, he hurt himself in the process. Cause like him just throwing himself through the table, uh, just to take, uh, Dijak out on the other side was uh, awesome. Um, the finish where he leaps off the steps and hits the forearm to the back of the neck was pretty great. Um, I thought when Dijak came out and like the, um, he warned the people in the crowd, like you need to get out of here. That was actually his wife and daughter. So he was like, I need you to leave and, and not watch this. So, um, I thought that was a pretty cool spot, um, to start the match, but yeah, they, they just threw weapons and tables and, uh, stairs and all good, all the, all kind of good stuff throughout this one. This was definitely uh, my match of the night. Cause they definitely delivered on an excellent match for sure. Oh yeah. No, no, I'm not saying like Dijak is still like, you know, look, his series with Keith Lee was incredible, oh, right? Yeah. And, and the guy, the guy can go. I'm just talking about uh, wins and losses with him, at least. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's all I'm saying. It's like you know, the guy, the guy can go. I just don't want him to lose credibility. Yeah. Like with the with the with the crowd because like they don't see him win big matches. That's that's what I mean. It's like I don't want to, I don't want it to hurt him. You know, he's still going to put on a great match, yeah. and f- especially for a guy his size. And there, I have ideas for him and a few other people you know, possibilities where they could maybe go with them. But no, no, I, I just, I just want to see, like, that's the thing. It's like, I want, you know, you have these people there, you brought them, you, you went through all this trouble, give them, you know, a win, even if maybe, all right, look, if it's like a whole bunch of squashes, wins are wins, right? Mm-hmm. You may not win like on a PLE, but if he's winning on NXT television, you know, once or twice a month, yeah. still keeps, you know, cause the, people say wins and losses don't matter. Well, sometimes it does. <laughs> Yeah. When, when, when it's when it's lopsided. Yeah, and especially with Dragon Lee, because he's 
always in a quote unquote big match, I guess. And he's probably won like two or three times the whole time he's been that. I mean, really, like, honestly, I don't think he's gotten a ton of wins. So, Um, but yeah, and like I said, Dijek's been one of those main roster guys. So I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving of it, but you're definitely right. He definitely needs to get more wins to not lose that credibility for sure. All right, so we move on to the NXT Tag Team Championship with Gallus defending against the Creed Brothers. We got uh, Coffee and Wolfgang starting the match by dominating Brutus Creed, but the champions attempt to deliver a cheap shot on Julius Creed, backfired, and allowed a tag. Julius spent the next few moments on absolute terror as he tossed around both members of Gallus with relative ease and amazing display of athleticism. I call it his own version of Suplex City, but they were belly-to-belly uh, oh, suplexes, yeah. <laughs> over, overhead no less, too. Uh-huh. And as the action rolled on, Ivy now tripped up uh, Coffee, which one is it? Uh, Mark Coffee, mm-hmm. as he tried to interfere with the match. And he, but Ava appeared at ringside and blindsided Ivy, which distracted the Creeds. With their backs turned, the Creeds were helpless as Gallus hit a devastating fireman's carry running kick combination to earn the victory. I thought this was a, a really fun uh, kind of Haas tag team match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julius Creed is a stud. I mean, this guy yep. just. It, it, the the power moves that he does like the whole like where he's really he's he's got like Cesaro's strength I think this mm-hmm. kid you know I was telling my son I'm like you know Vinci is is like the you know uh, the next uh, Cesaro maybe Julius Creed could be the next Cesaro just with that pure strength and athleticism and he's just a beast and Brutus has grown on me. You know, in the beginning, I was like, Bruce, like, what? who is this guy? This guy is like kind of like, <laughs> like, 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 he's like somebody's like younger brother who used to eat paste as a kid or something like that. And no, but he, he started developing a personality. And I think these guys are good, but they're, you know, again, they're, I think their time is, you know, at this point is coming to a close. And Gallus needs those big wins to keep establishing themselves uh, stateside. So, yeah, I, I, I like the match. The whole, you know, Ava interfering, you know, with Ivy. I think that's been a little, that goes on a little long to me uh, yeah. over time, but I, I definitely thought this was a good match and it kind of, you know, gives the creeds, I guess, a little bit of like, they weren't beat like cleanly, so to speak. It took a distraction for them to, uh, to lose the match. But what, what do you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I definitely think it was better than the uh, tag at Stand and Deliver, uh, for sure. I still don't think these guys just have super-duper chemistry. I think they're all individually very good, but I, 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 I something just doesn't click with me with uh, with these two teams together, of course. Um, like you said, Julius with the with the uh, suplexes that he threw throughout the match were absolutely great. And, uh, you know, Gallus uh, sneaks out yet another win. But um, you know, like you said, it puts another notch in their belt, uh, kind of building their uh, championship legacy a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was really good, like you like you said, but it, it, it had another gear that I think it could have reached um, and it didn't quite get there for me. All right. So we move on to the finals of the NXT Women's Championship Tournament. Lara Valkyria versus Tiffany Stratton. Valkyria was clearly not at 100% as she was still wearing the effects of Corey Jade's attack from the last show. Stratton frequently targeted Valkyria's injured knee, and despite Valkyria's efforts to rally, her leg caused her problems. Stratton at times was overconfident, becoming caught in pinfall attempts, but she managed to kick out at two every time. Stratton's first attempt at the prettiest moonsault ever was countered, but Valkyria's subsequent quick kick didn't have enough power, and Stratton's second attempt clinched the NXT Women 
title and the blonde bombshell walked out of NXT Battleground as the new NXT Women's Champion. Foregone conclusion, uh, I think Lyra put on a, a good show. She sold the knee uh, quite a bit. She hit the kicks. Uh, okay. Uh, there were a they couple were better times, on this one, for sure. They were. <laughs> they were There were some of the better ones. Uh, I think there was a... You know, a couple of times where I think they, uh, you know, had to make a little adjustments, like where Tiffany, uh, you know, uh, had to scooch over a, a bit to uh, make sure she can get her foot on the rope at one point. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the right uh, this, uh, person won. It was Tiffany's night, uh, and it was. But Lyra kind of, uh, they she kind of gave gave you a, you know, a little bit of a doubt at times. But I don't think it was anything uh, uh, too much at, at any point. But uh, I know I thought this was a, a pretty solid uh, women's championship match, and now the uh, the Tiffany Stratton era begins. And what do you what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it was really solid. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they let you they got you to bite a little bit enough uh, on Lyra maybe winning. She had a couple of moves to where um, she took a, she did a pan afterwards where you could think, oh maybe maybe this is the end. Um, you definitely thought Tiffany would win going in, just seeing the two people that they chose to be in the finals, because uh, you know she was a favorite, even if you know any of the other higher ranking superstars would have been uh, in in the finals with her. But um, yeah, really really good stuff. I thought Lyra hit the kicks a little bit better in this one. Um, she's definitely talented in the ring. Um, character is a little bit more of her thing, but I think they just need to tell uh, more about her persona and kind of her background to kind of. Uh, bring that out of her um but yeah tiffany was absolutely the correct choice and it's uh exciting to see her finally get the opportunity to be the head girl so yep. there you go all right and now to our main event for the night we have the nxt champion carmella hayes defending against braun breaker in a reversal of uh you know what was it stand and deliver where mm-hmm. uh right that was uh, it was braun and um carmelo yeah, that's right. Yeah, and but the roles are reversed here with the babyface heel dynamic. And uh, Hayes, despite support from his hometown crowd, Hayes was battered and bruised by Braun Breaker to begin the match, with Braun mocking him at every step. Breaker even began showing off, hitting incredible moves like a top rope Hurricanrana. Right when Hayes gained some momentum, Breaker crushed him with a spear in midair, silencing the low mass crowd. Hayes then continued to show his championship medal by kicking out and refusing to give in to Braun's wrath. Just as he stunned the champion, uh, Hayes hit a springboard back elbow, which put Breaker into a heap of trouble. Before he could realize it, Breaker was hit with nothing but net, allowing Hayes to retain the NXT championship, setting the NXT universe into a frenzy, and the hometown boy successfully walks out with his title. I enjoyed this match. I, I, you know, Braun has, has started to come into his own as, as a heel. I'm kind of digging it. And, you know, Mello was one of those guys like, yeah, as a heel, he's kind of like a dick, so to speak. But his move, his move set is like very baby face. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I, I enjoyed this match. Uh, what do you think? And where would you rank it compared to our last match? Oh, I, I thought this one came off way better than the last match. I think they didn't really know how to work the last match, considering they were both still pretty much faces. I think Carmelo was on the he- healer side, but he was definitely turning babyface. It was more of that respect type angle um, that I really don't like. Uh, we had the whole uh, Apollo oh, match yeah. a while ago that was built on respect and all that. So I don't know if the storytellers in NXT really know how to do that storyline. And I'd, 
you know, these guys are young still that they'll, they'll continue to grow. And, uh, they're both great, uh, for them, for the grand scheme of things. But I just think they didn't really know how to work that, uh, stand and deliver match. And it kind of ended up being super disappointing, uh, for the most part, but I thought this one super delivered. I think the fact that you had a heel and a face, um, and especially since Carmelo was in his hometown, I think they hit a bunch of really cool moves. Uh, and I think this one really, uh, blew that stand and deliver match out of the water for me personally. Yeah. Uh, overall, what, what are your thoughts on the show? I, I thought it, I thought it was really great. I think it's one of the better, if not maybe the best PLE that they put together. I don't think anything really stunk. Um, and I think a couple of things over delivered. I think this, uh, the main event was uh, better than I think a lot of people probably thought it would be uh, considering their last match. Um, and then the last man standing match was absolutely incredible. And, you know, your North American attack titles are usually always pretty solid. Uh, the Heritage Cup may have been the low, low, le- low level for the night, but um, I think everything either over delivered or delivered uh, other than that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It was a very enjoyable show to watch. So, right. and I so, think our live contingent really had a good time. Uh, from oh yeah, of what I've heard. So, yep, yeah, of course they always do. I I, I have been to uh, two NXT uh, takeovers with uh, with uh, some members of the live contingent, and it's always a good time no matter what. So, absolutely, uh, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we move on to the next NXT show, which was uh, two days later on May thirtieth. We open. With I guess the culmination of the uh, the uh, the toxic attraction implosion, right? With uh, Gigi Dolan taking on J.C. Jane in a weaponized steel cage match. Before the match could even begin, J.C. attacked Gigi and brutalized her on the outside before tossing her into the ring through the open door. Then they used a bevy of dangerous weapons, including belts, chains, thorn-wrapped bats, trash cans, and even a cage itself. After J.C. set up a table, the two superstars scaled the cage and found themselves precariously placed high above the ring. Suddenly, Gigi found her footing and launched Jane through the table with a thunderous choke slam that ended the war for good. I mean, I like this. I, I uh, you know, am happy Gigi went over. I think she had been getting, uh, she had a couple of wins here and there, but she uh, didn't, uh, you know, she was kept, it was kind of like on the losing end of the feud up to this point, but uh, I don't think it hurts JC at all being being the heel, but I think had Gigi lost this, uh, her momentum would have been pretty much uh, completely uh, <laughs> diminished. So, uh, what were your thinks on that of your uh, beloved Gigi going over? Uh, she had a pretty uh, big uh, gusher from the back of her head during this match, so she uh, that, that, that that only, <laughs> that, only that only made her hotter. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but this is exactly what it needed to be. Uh, this is the type of match where I think these two girls can excel. Um, I, I think they're, you know, one-on-one regular matches. I think this needed to be a little bit more personal, a little bit more, uh, you know, have have weapons and stuff like that. I think this definitely worked to their advantage. Um, and I think this is a good way to end the rivalry. Like you said, I think JC was uh, all right taking the loss, but I think Gigi really needed the win. So they definitely went with the right direction, I think, for sure. Let, let me ask you a question now. Say the time comes to bring these two ladies up. Would you, if they were to bring them up as toxic attraction, like reunite them, would you, what were your thoughts beyond that? Like, like I know kind of because the, a lot of times they do do a lot of reversals and changes when somebody, you know, is NXT could be a baby face up till the day they leave and then they come in as a heel or vice versa. So 
So what would you what would your thoughts be on that? Because I I still think that they could have a decent run on the uh, the main roster as Toxic Attraction, but uh, I don't know what would you think. Um, I don't think they could just like straight up just put them up and put them yeah. back together. I think they would probably need to like lean towards Build maybe it. GG like starting to understand that like maybe JC's right about certain things and uh you, you know just start to kind of turn heel and then like if they show up on the main roster and they're back together like that makes sense but there definitely needs to be a progression uh of some type with Gigi to where she's starting to see like hmm maybe maybe JC was always right mm-hmm. I need to kind of you know be a little more a little bit more bitchy to get my get what I really want all right all right, moving on to uh, Wesley and Tyler Bate taking on the Dyad. Uh, Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed look crisp early on, systematically cutting off half the ring to keep Lee from tagging in Bate. After a surprising appearance from Mustafa Ali, Lee and Bate picked up the pace and began to take control. After a flurry of action, Lee hit a pair of cardiac kicks, and then a Tyler Driver 97 from Bate was good enough to pick up the win, and the dastardly duo of the schism, known as the Dyad, was defeated. I enjoyed this match. I think, you know, Wes and Tyler have really good chemistry together. And, you know, Fowler and Reed are still great, even though, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't I think they could be leaving, you know, in the fall. But I, I thought this was a fun match. What do you think? No, yeah, definitely. Um, Lee and Bate definitely have a ton of chemistry, like you said. Um, and, yeah, the Dyad are one of those teams that. Uh, they can go with pretty much anybody, it seems like. Uh, they've had a bunch of really good matches lately. Um, if they do, in fact, leave, which I think is pretty much what they've said they're going to do when their contract runs out, um, it's going to be sad to see them go. Um, hopefully they'll get treated the way that they want to get treated wherever else they may end up. But, um, yeah, they're definitely not pulling anything back, uh, knowing that they may not be there for, for the long run. All right, so then we got uh, Channing Stacks Lorenzo taking on Joe Coffey. Worried about Tony D'Angelo's detention, uh, Stacks comes in to take on Joe Coffey in a crunching belly-to-belly suplex. Superplex seemingly had the match won for Coffey, but a resilient Stacks kept fighting back. A tussle on the outside moments later saw Coffey send Stacks into the steel steps. That then started, started the beginning of the end. Coffey tossed the underboss back into the ring, hit a best for the bells to to a discus larius to earn the victory now i know joe coffee is one of your uh, least favorite <laughs> guys out there uh, but for the storyline i think uh you know that they're doing and obviously we're kind of glancing over the uh the storylines of backstage stuff kind of just concentrating on the matches at least for this episode um you know the whole incarceration thing with with stacks and i mean with uh, tony and and gallus getting involved in this I, I don't really understand, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't love this storyline, but um, I, I guess it's something to uh, to keep these guys, uh, you know, have a reason to fight. But uh, what do you think of this match? Yeah, I almost wonder if Tony D had like a, a injury of some sort that he just needed a rehab for a little bit. So they had to come up with some kind of um, storyline to take him out for a little bit. But yeah, it, it they just haven't really fleshed a ton of it out. I feel like they haven't really said why he's in jail or, you know, the coffees and uh wolfgang haven't really you know said anything to like why he's there um other than he's obviously involved in something that's less than legal or or whatever you want to say um but the match was good um yeah joe coffee's just one of those guys that's pretty boring in ring to me for 
whatever reason. I, I, I don't know really how to describe it, but he just never really excites me uh, very much. But I think the match was pretty good considering that fact. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was good. Uh, definitely progressed the storyline along. But, um, yeah, Joe is just not one of those guys that ever is going to blow my socks off, I guess. <laughs> All right, and we move on to Ivy Nile taking on Cora Jade. And Ivy Nile's long-standing rivalry with Schism still in the back of her head as she takes on NXT re- NXT's resident mean girl. Nile's in the middle of teaching Jade a lesson in respect, but then Ava appeared at ringside, t- tried to distract her. Nile then locked in her signature dragon sleeper, but the chaos allowed Jade to hit Jade and walk away as the victor. So Ivy has been growing on me. I think she's been getting better in the ring. Her personality is starting to get better i mean it still needs a lot of work her in-ring though has really improved she's she's moving she's uh, kind of moving upwards i think in terms of like the the pecking order i guess uh-huh. in the nxt women's division and it's good to see cora picking up a victory because i think she needs she needs she's a reclama- reclamation pot. i don't know i can't talk to that. <laughs> i know what you mean she needs yeah she needs to get herself back up because i think she's somebody that should you know, be in the title picture and probably will hold the, the belt at some point over the next year or so. Uh, this was a quick match. Uh, it was a lot, a lot about storyline to continue the, uh, you know, the, the creeds and Ivy and, and schism uh, feud. And Cora just happened to be the benefactor, I guess, of, of this distraction. Um, what do you think of this match here? Yeah, th- this was definitely a match that Cora needed to win. I do think Ivy looked very good, like you said. Uh, she's definitely getting better. Um, I'm interested to see um, something we'll talk about, obviously, uh, in an episode to come. But I- I- I'm going to be interested to see where she goes uh, forward from where we are now. Um, but yeah, this was definitely a match to get Cora over. Um, she won by nefarious means. You know, Ava shows up and that distracts Ivy. But um, Cora getting a win is definitely something she needed. Yep. All right. And on to the main event for this show, which is Carmella Hayes defending against Noam Dar at the NXT Championship. Dar gave Hayes a lot of problems as he still wasn't 100% after facing Braun Breaker just 48 hours prior. However, as the match progressed, the champion built momentum and slowly slowed down, slowed down the speedy Noam Dar. Hayes found himself in more trouble after Trick Williams was ejected from ringside after striking Oro Mensah, much to the delight of Jakara Jackson and Lash Legend. When Mensah tried interfering again, Dragon Lee and Nathan Frazier even the odds, which allowed Hayes enough time to hit nothing but net and retain his title. After the match, we got Baron Corbin appearing and decimating the champion. So um, this whole little faction of Noam Dar it looks like it's starting to uh, to shape, come into like some kind of shape here. Uh, I I like this match. You know, Hayes played like you know the beat up champion. Dar gave him a good showing. Uh, Baron Corbin showing up at the end was a little surprising. I mean, he is a, a free agent, so I think that's why they uh, they kind of uh, made a bunch of people free agents, I guess, in the latest draft because mm-hmm. we weren't we wouldn't be shocked uh, having them show up. Although we are getting a number of Raw and SmackDown uh, superstars appearing uh, on NXT a lot more these days. Mm. But I mean, I thought this was a, a fine uh, TV main event. And, uh, you know, interested to see where they go with Baron Corbin. Yeah, yeah, I thought the match was really good. These guys are two pretty uh, two guys that are always going to give you a pretty solid match for sure. And uh, Carmelo usually produces a, a good amount of bangers, uh, e- even on these TV episodes. But, you know, they gave him plenty of time. 
Um, and I, I think they just really did some awesome stuff throughout this one. Um, and, and, you know, Dar doesn't look worse for losing. He, he was resilient and uh, really worked Mello over for a good bit of the match. Um, and, you know, obviously uh, Dragon Lee and Frazier come out at some point and uh, kind of distract him a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Corbin showing up really surprised me. Um, it makes sense. I think he's a good guy to kind of do what he does uh, throughout the next few weeks. Um, but, yeah, definitely a good move, I think. All right. And moving on to the NXT show from June 6th. Oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if they mentioned on this show. I don't think it's in my notes, but the name of this new group is the Meta Four. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, let's before we get into the show, what what are your thoughts on this grouping here? I mean, Oro Mensah, you know, was kind of like one of those who, who you know, he's been here for for a little bit, not not that long. But we kind of don't know really much about this guy. We don't know who he is. You know, obviously, uh, he was portrayed as a baby face for the for the beginning. But now he's obviously turned heel. Last legend, somebody who's been there for quite some time. Tried to do the talk show thing. Uh, and then we got Jakara Jackson, who's really hasn't been on TV all that much. I mean, she's appeared like Battle Royals and everything. Not a lot of matches. But uh, it's it's an interesting grouping. What are your what are your thoughts on this new faction being formed? I, I think I think Noam's pretty uh, charismatic, and he he can he can be the leader of a group like this. And I think it gives those other three kind of something to do. You know, I think they were, you know, with um, Mensa and uh, Lash Legend, they were kind of spinning their wheels. You know, they they get TV time sometimes, but you know, it's usually in a at a squash match or a match that doesn't really have much uh, worth or whatever you want to say. You know, Jakar is fairly new, like you said, so. Um, I think it gives three of the four of them something to do to where maybe they weren't doing anything ahead of time. And I think uh, Noam can kind of guide them uh, in a good way. So I, th- I like it so far. All right. So we are going to move on to the June 6th show. And we start off with a six-person tag team match with the schism. Ava, Rip Fowler, and Jaggery taking on Julius and Bruce Creed along with Ivy Nile. Early shows of strength from Diamond Mine were countered by sneaky tactics of schism. And when the action broke down, it flavored the terrifying trio. Ivy Nile locked in the Dragon Sleeper and Ava, but Jagger Reed interfered, and the distraction caused the referee to not see Ava hit, hit Ivy with the signature mask of the schism and the sequence spell doom for the diamond mind. I mean, like I said, this this feud is continuing on. Uh, I mean, I think I think it's okay. I mean, I don't know what else really for the Creeds to do after losing to Gallus, right, to, to move on. Uh, the the Ava Ivy thing, I mean, Ava's still really green, even mm-hmm. though she's got the you know the the uh, the pedigree there. But um, mm-hmm. I I thought this was fine for what it was, right? The guys put on a decent match. Uh, Ava snuck out the win. So um, what do you uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think the the work the guys did was uh, very good. I, I think these guys. I think unlike Gallus and the Creeds, I think Creeds and uh, Dyad have a pretty good chemistry together. Um, yeah, Ava's probably still not um, ready to have a kind of a very meaningful or long match um, by herself. Uh, she needs to be kind of sneak in in these tags and, um, you know, have, you know, attack with like nefarious means or something like, like that throughout. So um, she definitely needs to get... Uh, a little bit more experience in the PC uh, about how to kind of work a match a little bit more before she's <laughs> stuck in there by herself. But I think the guys definitely did some good work in this one. 
Yeah, they carried it. It was the guys were the workhorses and the girls did the story. So that's uh, pretty much what it was. So then we move on to Danny Palmer taking on Blair Davenport, who had just revealed herself as the masked attacker that had taken out. Uh, let's see, Nikita. She took out uh, Sol Ruka and she took out Wendy Chu. So that's actually quite a number of uh, of women who were featured quite a bit on the shelf at the moment. So and I, I don't know the timetable for all of them. I think. What Nikita were saying, like in in the fall, Saul probably in the in the winter. I don't know what, what's going on with Wendy, but uh, you, yeah, she kind of randomly came back and after she was attacked, and then she's kind of disappeared again. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the deal with her is. But yeah, Nikita will probably be Nikita will probably be back fairly soon. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's been out for a good while, but uh, yeah, Saul just went out like two or three months ago, so she'll probably be uh, maybe late late winter early early 2024 maybe so i mean maybe we get her in the rumble to hit the, mm-hmm. the soul uh snatcher mm-hmm. on somebody and then get eliminated maybe okay. we could see that i think as her return mm-hmm. um all right so so blair davenport made an example of danny palmer used her brutal offensive style to keep the athletic palmer grant davenport mercifully ended the match with her signature falcon arrow i like blair davenport um, I think she's stepping in to where I thought uh, Isla Dawn was going for a while. I, I think Isla Dawn, her stay was not as long as I anticipated it was going to be in NXT. Mm-hmm. But I think she's like this the brutal, you know, the Brit who's just she's basically beating the crap out of every woman she's gone <laughs> in there. I mean, Danny Palmer still relatively new, uh, you know, only debuted, uh, you know, outside of Level Up uh, fairly recently. Um, I think it was a statement. Uh, it doesn't hurt Danny at all. I mean, Blair is somebody that's going to be pretty much shot up to the top of the of the women's uh, card. Maybe your number two heel mm-hmm. uh, or three, maybe two. Her core, maybe two, three after Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was fine for what it was, though. Uh, it just shows uh, Blair is, is a badass and, and she's going to be uh, kicking the crap out of people going forward. Yeah, and she's a she's a tall girl. She's you know, she's yeah. real big. Uh, so she she made uh, poor Danny look like super super small in this match. But you know, she beat the crap out of her, like you said. Um, definitely just a match to put her over. But um, definitely interested to see where she goes um, as we go forward for sure. Speaking of tall girls, my Stevie Turner hasn't been on for for quite yeah. a bit too. Yeah. You know, I was, thought she could have been the one doing the attacks, but I, I'm I like uh, having Blair being that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely good to have her back. Uh, mm-hmm. doubt. All right, now we get Trick Williams taking on Baron Corbin to come to the uh, basically the aid of his his friend. Uh, Williams gets the jump on Corbin early, but the veteran savviness of Corbin prevailed as he began to overwhelm his opponent. And he began wisely targeting Williams' knee, and one final blow to it allowed him to hit end of days to give himself the win. Trick Williams, uh, and you know I've been a little down on that guy, has been improving. <laughs> You know, his is I didn't think his personality could could be a face, but he's he's been a pretty good hype man. His in ring has gotten better, and as much as a lot of people crap on Baron Corbin, I've never I I don't like his characters, and that's not his fault. He does whatever he's given. Uh-huh. The Deep Six and the End of Days I think are pretty badass. Uh-huh. I mean I mean when he hits that End of Days and it looks crisp, it it it's it's a badass move. So, uh. You know, of course, this was the uh, the right call to to uh, you know he, Baron Corman doesn't need to be built up, but in terms of NXT, you know he needs to get a couple of wins before he uh, he takes on uh, Carmelo, 
and I thought this was fine. And, and Trick, you know, had a had a decent showing here for the uh, for the short match. It was I thought he uh, you know carried his own for before being uh, overwhelmed and outmatched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Corbin's one of those guys that gets uh, shit upon more than he probably should. Um, I think he's really solid. I think, like you said, he's kind of he's a good he's a good guy to have because he'll kind of do whatever you ask him to do, uh, and he's not going to gripe too much about it. Um, but I, I don't think they've always given him the best stuff. But I, I think he always brings it in ring. And like you said, he has some really cool moves. Um, his attire in this match was uh, left a little bit to be desired. He had like a gym shorts and a t-shirt on. So, um, but yeah, like you said, trick, I think brought his end of this uh, r- really well. And I thought this match uh, super surprised me when they, when they announced this one, I was like, Ooh, this could, this could get brutal and, uh, and not in a good way, but I, I thought it ended up coming out really well. And I think trick is definitely um, improving a lot. All right, so then we have Joe Gacy taking on Mustafa Ali, and we got uh, Mustafa Ali having his hands full with Gacy, even getting hit with several crushing moves, including Gacy's devastating Uranagi. Ali righted the ship, though, and used the supreme athleticism to down Gacy long enough to hit an incredible 450 splash for the win. Um, I'm, I am not upset that Ali is in NXT right now. I think he's a, he's a good addition. He's a guy that, you know, is kind of over on the main roster, but has never really found his footing. I mean, in terms of, uh, what was it? Retribution when he turned heel and then became the leader of it. I was kind of eh, uh, on him being that guy. Yeah. Um, I kind of would prefer the leader to be, uh, somebody who gets unmasked and, and not somebody who just kind of like turns heel. Uh-huh. So, but I do, I do love him in the ring. He kind he does kind of remind me a little bit of, uh, of Neville Puck. Uh, in there, but um, yeah, and Gacy again. Gacy's one of those guys. I think wins and losses don't exactly hurt him because uh-huh. he's more about the character at times. Like I don't know if he'll ever hold a belt, you know. Yeah. But but it's like you know when 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 Bray you know was in his heyday, uh-huh. did Bray need a title? No, Bray needed to to do the personality thing, which I actually kind of like. I kind of like Gacy's character stuff. I love the schisms music. Uh-huh. Um, yeah and their presentation. So I, I'm not upset by this result. And it gives Ali like a win over an established NXT guy. So uh, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I, I, I do like that. Ali has come down and uh, he got a good establishing win here. I am, am a little surprised. They let him beat Gacy uh, as quick as he did. It only went like three or four minutes. So that, that was kind of surprising, but yeah, Gacy is more character and it's definitely him losing is definitely leading to something within schism. Um, as we'll go forward throughout the throughout the weeks, um, but um, yeah, yeah, it was good to see Ali get a win. Good to see him back down here. I think he's a guy that really could um, benefit from having a run here um, because he had come in the previous week and kind of done commentary and helped uh, Wes and Tyler out. But um, yeah, I think he's a good guy to have down there. He's a good. He's one of those good free agent guys because he can kind of get put in wherever they kind of need him at the time. Yeah, I, I mean, it could be a thing with the underutilized guys on the on the main roster mm-hmm. are, are coming down. Like, we'll see a few more start to show up soon. Um, so we move on to Damon Kemp taking on the Alpha Wolf, Eddie Thorpe. Thorpe and Kemp were nearly equal throughout their matchup, but one pin attempt by Thorpe became a disaster for Kemp. As despite his foot being on the rope, the official didn't see it and finished his three count, handing Thorpe the win. So 
this is, I guess, uh, the start of of something here, as as we're going to see unfold. I've never, I've not been high on Damon Kemp so far. Um, I think he's okay. I mean, maybe there's potential there. Um, fun fact: something I didn't know until very recently that you actually knew is that Damon Kemp is actually Gable Stevenson's brother. So, um, was his name Danny Stevenson? I think. Right. Uh, Bob, Bobby, Bo- Stevenson. Bobby Stevenson. Sorry, I was. I, was, I knew it was something <laughs> with a Y at the end. Um, uh, you know, facts are, you know, are those important? I don't know. Uh, but no, I I thought this was this was fine. I mean, it it it's gonna it's it's leading to something. So uh, you know, at the time you're kind of like eh, on it, but then once you see how it kind of like unfolds. And where it's going to go and where it could ultimately lead you like, you know, I'm, I'm OK with this, with this guy being on TV right now. So Eddie, Eddie Thorpe was was fine in this match. And yeah, the right guy uh, goes over here. Yeah, the right guy definitely went over. This one has uh, been building for quite a bit. I feel like uh, Damon's been a thorn in uh, Eddie's Eddie's uh, side for quite a bit. I feel like they've had a, quite a few um backstage segments where you know damon talks shit and you know eddie wants to go after him but uh obviously uh kind of holds back and always kind of has a buddy there to make make sure he doesn't um attack him so um but yes solid enough match uh eddie went over as he should have but uh this one obviously is something that continues kind of like you said all right now we're on to davocado taking on scripts uh so, Davicato was manhandling the recently unmasked scripts when appearance by Axiom confused and disoriented the massive superstar. The distraction by Axiom opened the door for scripts as he rolled up Davicato and stole a victory from his much larger opponent. Oh, Jesus. This was a sloppy-ass match, and I... I mean, how... <laughs> the, whole, the whole scripts thing, too. I mean, it's friggin' Reggie. Yeah, I wasn't big on, on the whole Reggie name, and all that, but he's he's keeping the gear, but he doesn't have the mask, and it doesn't doesn't really fit the guy, right? I don't think he's the right, you know, person for this character, I guess, so to speak. I mean, he is his flippity floppities are decent, like you know, he's okay with that, but this this did not come off well on TV to me, and I'm like one of those like what what are we, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> so uh, any anything. <laughs> I just I don't have a ton of words for this one. <laughs> <laughs> the less said um, about this, the better we all are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Axiom creates the distraction that helps Scripps win. But like, you let Scripps beat this guy who looked like this absolutely unstoppable force. But you, you but like, you know, you let Scripps beat him, but you don't let Axiom beat him. So I, I just, and like you said, it it was kind of sloppy. Um, obviously, it was a. Uh, Surprise result! You didn't see Scripps probably win in this match as he hasn't won probably very many matches since he debuted. So, uh, but yeah, I, if Scripps went away tomorrow, I would uh, not be sad. I'll say that. No, we wouldn't miss him, uh, not at all. All right. So then, our main event for this uh, show is a number one contender of Battle Royal for the NXT Women's Championship. The eliminations came fast and furious with J.C. Jane, Corey J, Lyra Valkyria, and free agent Dana Brooke. All looking strong early on. Blair Davenport came down to ringside and brawled with Roxanne Perez before she was eliminated. The final four seemingly came down to Jade, Brooke, Fallon Henley, and Keanu James. But Thea Hale reappeared and reestablished herself into the match 
almost out of nowhere, Hale eliminated both Jade and Brooke to make herself number one contender. I I thought this was fun. I I love the uh, she's a little pit bull that is manic energy. Uh, did the the classic like you know we thought she was eliminated and then comes back. Um, I I was I was I was hoping it wasn't going to be Dana Brooke, although I am not upset to see her there because she was spinning her wheels on the main roster. I think the last time she had any kind of momentum was before Mandy came back down to NXT when they had like their little tag team going. Yeah. Uh, she's a veteran presence. She's somebody that could use, you know, being on TV and being in, in matches and, and, and having like a purpose, mm-hmm. which is not something she's had really for quite some time. Maybe since she was part of the prime time players, which was ridiculous. Uh. Yeah. You know, I don't remember a lot of things, but unfortunately I remember that. Um, but no, I, I thought this was fun. There was a little surprise that, that Thea won, but I wasn't upset by it. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this battle royal? Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts too. I, I I wasn't expecting Thea to be the one to win this, but I I, I was. Uh, it was a good surprise for sure. Um, she's definitely been working real hard, and she's definitely uh, been really good in the backstage segments. Like you said, she's kind of got that uh, pit bull mentality when she's in the match. So, um, you know, the battle royals are kind of iffy. Uh, usually, it, it even if it's with guys that are super experienced, but um, you know. Uh, they're just not the most exciting kind of match. I mean, obviously the Royal Rumble's one of the better matches, but it has the countdown and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it has a big uh, prize at the end, um, like it does. So, um, but yeah, Thea, Thea was a solid choice. Uh, definitely not the one that I thought they might go with, but I'm definitely, definitely excited to see her get a, get a shot. Yeah, they tend to do women's barrel rolls more than men, don't you think? On the NXT brand? Especially, yeah, especially on NXT for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's just an easy way to kind of name a new number one contender. Yeah. Um, and maybe which, a trip they go to too often, but... Um, yeah, which they don't have to really, like, explain, right? Because anybody anybody could win. Oh, look, Danny Palmer is getting a title match because she had just happened to win this battle royal by whatever reason because these other people eliminated themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a kind of a cop-out. So to speak, not cop out, but you know, like it's 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 like a uh, so, something they go to, I guess, to to because like Thea, you know, she she hasn't had too many wins, like one or two wins on TV up till now. So to to justify her, you know, get, getting a title match without something like this would be a hard sell, even for NXT. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. So moving on to the episode from uh, um, yeah, before you move on to the next episode. Um. Uh, after that, Braun challenges Seth Rollins. So that that will oh, happen right. next week. But I, I just wanted to mention that before we moved on to the next one. But you can go right ahead now. <laughs> yeah, these uh these write ups only have uh the matches, so and, mm-hmm. and we are moving a little at a feverishly pace. No, here. you're good. You good. I just wanted to add that in. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that's that's mm-hmm. that's why you're you're that's why you're the one carrying the weight here. Uh, <laughs> I, I set them up. You knock them down. <laughs> All right. So we open our, our June 13th episode with a six-man tag match with the Schism taking on Wesley, Tyler Bate, and Mustafa Ali. The camaraderie of, of Gacy, Fowler, and Reed was on point to begin the match as they flexed their collective muscles to keep their opponents down and off balance. The action broke down and it caused officials to miss the official to miss Bate tagging into the match. But Gacy's pinfall on Lee was broken up by a second official recognizing the error. Lee, Bate, and Ali used the confusion to their advantage and defeated Schism to put this terrible ordeal behind them. 
I, well, I enjoyed this match. It was, you know, kind of fast furious. Uh, you know, you have pretty much all good workers in here. Uh, you know, you got Lee, Bate, and Ali, all great. And you got the Dyad, who are great. And, and Gacy's good. So I, you know, enjoyed this. You know, it's keeping up with that, a hot start to the shows. We get that uh, that that really good match to uh, to knock us uh, to take off uh, from the starting gate. So, yeah, what do what do you think of that one? Yeah, the uh, non schism team is three guys that are just always going to produce uh, really good matches. A- a TV, PLE, anywhere that uh, they are just really solid uh, wrestlers overall, uh, performers, um, and and then the schism schism guys are really good as well. Um, especially the Dyad, I think they're a really good tag team. Um, Gacy has his matches, I think, where he's a good fit with the uh, people that he's in there with. But this continues to build the whole thing that uh, Gacy takes up in again. So it kind of continues that rift that he uh, uh, is starting to form between uh, the Dyad and Joe because Joe's not pulling his weight and they think that they feel that they are. So um, there's that. Yes, the, the, the roots of the tree are starting to wilt. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So we have uh, Cora Jay taking on Thea Hale. Jay was in control for the beginning of the match, but then Dana Brooke appeared, which drew the ire of Cora. NXT's resident mean girl had Hale in a bad spot on the outside and even threatened to hit her with her signature kendo stick, but the official confiscated it. And while their back was turned, Brooke shoved Jade into the steel steps. With Jade reeling, Hale was able to lock in the Kimura lock and pick up the huge victory ahead of her future NXT women's title match. So she's learning the Kimura uh, lock backstage and in, in, uh, through um, Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak, who I'm kind of like, eh, on right now. I think there's something missing from Charlie Dempsey right now. I think there's, there's like, it's not on point. And I think maybe if, like, a certain family member can appear on TV at some point, I think that would do him wonders uh, to help him out. But I thought this was fine, you know, if, Thea versus Cora one on one with with nothing uh, no outside anything happening is you know she could pick up a sneak victory but you know you kind of need that interference uh, from Dana Brooke to uh, you know help out Thea here because she's still kind of playing that uh, underdog role mm-hmm. like you know you, you can't have her lose here anyway yeah. right because she's got that title match coming up but I thought it was fine for what it was uh, what what are you thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thea definitely needed to get the win to kind of build on her momentum. Like you said, she's starting to learn kind of grappling and wrest- and uh, submission wrestling from Dempsey and Gulak uh, backstage, and there's little segments that they have going on. So um, it's good to kind of see that kind of play into the match. Um, but, yeah, it, it kind of, you know, Jade got a victory the previous week, um, so you thought she was kind of maybe building some momentum. So it kind of stinks to see her lose here, but she – kind of punked out uh dana brooke in the backstage uh, uh i think later in that episode or early and earlier in this one so uh her getting involved obviously makes sense yes all right so then we move on to uh nathan frazier taking on oro mensah for the nxt heritage cup championship with norm dar defeat uh dealing with an apparent injury uh dar's main man oro mensah stepped in to defend the cup on his behalf Frazier wins the first fall on a quick roll-up, and despite having all the momentum, a distraction by Jakara Jackson and Lash Legend allows Mensah to hit a rolling kick to the corner to even up the score at one apiece. Then we get uh, in in winning uh, waning seconds of round four, Legend and Jackson once again try to interfere, but Ulysses Leon and Valentina Faraz 
even the odds, which allowed Frazier to counter, hit a Phoenix Splash, and win the NXT Heritage Cup. So this did play better in the NXT, like like you said. Like, it's not really a big arena or big card-type match. Well, maybe if once the NXT universe gets used to it, maybe it will be. But for here... Um, yeah, I thought it came off much better. I, I do like, uh, you know, Leon and, and Faraz coming in there to kind of even it up. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think this also, you know, gives Norm Dar stuff to uh, complain about. <laughs> do the character thing like he didn't actually lose. Mm-hmm. It was it was Mensah who lost. And it gives Frazier a, a bump up because, you know, what, what, what would we consider this to be like? The equivalent of like the TV, WCW TV title, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That would that would be what I could probably compare it to. Yeah. So yeah. Where do where do you uh, where do your guts say on this one? Yeah, it, it was a big win for Frazier for sure, and I I do think this type of match plays a little bit better in the NXT arena. I think they're a little bit more rabid and you know don't be need to be like kind of encouraged uh, to kind of get hype because they're they're just wild and zany and they're always they they seem like they're always hype for uh, they stay hype yeah they they get hype and they stay hype like old mojo told them to um but yeah i I think this definitely this kind of match definitely plays better uh here um like you said i think it gives noam some good uh things to complain about uh that he didn't actually ever lose but um yeah the big win for nathan for sure all right so then we get a two-on-one handicap match with Davacato taking on the team of Axiom and Scripps. We get Davacato starting off the match by throwing both of his opponents around the ring, but as the bout continued, he couldn't keep up with their speed. After several high-flying moves by both superstars, Axiom nailed a victorious golden ratio, which gave the newfound allies the win. This was a big, like, what are we doing? Like, like not, So this is the third time we've had to see Davacato um in a match with with these uh these little guys and he only came out once victorious out of the three matches i i mean i think you know axiom's golden ratio looked pretty sweet when he hit on um on uh Dabakato, but uh, i just don't understand what they're doing here yeah i definitely don't get it either um this would have been a real good opportunity to have Dabakato come out and just absolutely destroy both of these guys and get a win because it and you know, have scripts scripts eat the pinfall. Yeah, I was like, scripts isn't gonna get hurt any more than he already is. Uh, he he sucks. He's probably gonna always suck. So um, there is that. Um, so he definitely could have taken a pin. Um, and obviously, Axiom is uh, somewhat expendable uh, to Dabakato because he squashed him a couple weeks ago. So. Um, definitely very confusing booking, um, and I think that this is the match where the uh, Los Lotharios, who are also um, uh, free agents, free agents, uh, kind of pop up uh, throughout this match. So yes, I, I'm happy to see these guys. So I think they're good workers. Yeah, uh, you know, a, a solid you know tag team, much better than the tag team we're about to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely a really good addition. I think I think that's a real, real, real smart move for them. Yeah. All right, and then we uh, we move on to uh, Malik Blade taking on Idris Inofe with the <laughs> whole continuing on the tag team partners facing each other in friendly matchups. And we get the two superstars showing off their incredible athleticism with remarkable dives, but it was a cheeky reversal by Blade that allowed him to roll up Inofe to earn the victory. And it, this was all an attempt to strengthen their relationship as a tag team. Um, You know, I think these guys are... are fine i don't you know it's not somebody that makes me like want to tune in 
too to watch them. But I mean, I mean, they, they're both athletic guys. They 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 still need a lot of seasoning, I think. But you know, I thought it was fine. I couldn't tell you whether the right person went over or not, but <laughs> it was just, it was what it was. <laughs> Yeah, Blade is one of those guys that's just – I feel like he's hes never going to be more than like uh, Tazawa is, just like that comedy guy that <laughs> yeah. just kind of exists on the roster. And, you know, he'll pop up here and there on shows and stuff like that, but I just don't see much for him past this point. I would kind of like to see Anofe break out and kind of be on his own to see just kind of like what, a, what kind of a single superstar he could be because this tag team is – I mean – I think it works for NXT. I think they sell really well um, for the bigger, better teams um, that they they will face or and have faced. But um, I, I I just this tag team isn't going to go anywhere. So I would like to see if Anofe could maybe emerge on his own and kind of, uh, but just just to see what he could do. All right. So we move on to Roxanne Press taking on Tatum Paxley, uh, the Prodigy. Um, has her sights on Blair Davenport, but first she had to deal with her new ally, Tatum. Uh, Perez was noticeably angrier, more aggressive than usual, firing off a multitude of heavy shots, sending a message to Davenport in the process. Paxley gave a valiant effort and even locked in a Boston Crab submission at one point, but one taste of Pop Rocks was enough to give Perez the victory. Um, I thought this was good. I mean, Paxley's in that you know that role where she's she's going to lose to people i see her in in like um kind of where um katana chance uh you know whether what kid carter was you know even back you even go back as far as the days of the iconics when they were first appearing you know they were working on their character getting getting better and they were you know losing a lot until till they came to a point where you know they stopped and they got better and they, they something clicked and they got their character and paxley's starting to get a character a little bit I mean, I think she's decent in the ring. I mean, they put her in there with a lot of, uh, you know, people to hold her own with. And, um, you know, I I do really wish, though, that she had been kind of part of that coven I was hoping for happening. But <laughs> didn't happen. And uh, Tatum's there. But I think, like, you know, six months, a year from now, I think we see her, you know, moving up the card a bit. Um, and, and Roxanne getting getting that uh, kind of that win, even though she's kind of in that de- going downward uh, trajectory before she comes back up to the title picture. Um, she needed to kind of give her some, um, uh, you know, credibility a little bit going up to to face uh, Davenport. Although she doesn't, she's a former women's champion. She doesn't need the credibility, but you know, you know, people have memories of goldfish, so the people need <laughs> to like not think that Roxanne has been a perennial loser for the last however so long. So I thought this was a fine match. Yeah, she definitely needed a win, and yeah, Tatum's. Look, we've talked about it in the past on previous episodes. She's, she's the one that's you know gonna stay down there, play her role uh, until she gets her shot, and she's gonna she'll probably succeed really well when she does get to that point because she is she is good, um, but she's just it's just kind of one of those situations where she's just gonna have to wait her turn uh, and let a couple of people kind of quote unquote graduate, I guess is what we'll say. Um, to the uh, main roster, but um, yeah, she's definitely good at playing her role. Um, she's obviously in there with a lot of a lot of people who they consider stars. So, um, but yeah, Roxanne definitely needed a big win to kind of set up a match with um, Blair going forward. Yeah, yeah, she's she's in there to lose more often than not, like almost like a like a gatekeeper for the new people, and also to give like some of the other people like to heat them up and give them a win. So, which is fine for right now. 
for her. You know, she's in there. She's getting more experience. She's on TV. So there you go. All right. So our main event for this episode was Baron Corbin taking on Ilya Dragunov for the uh, number one contender for the NXT championship. And we get Dragunov still reeling from his injuries suffered during the last man standing match against Dijak at Battleground. Corbin quickly used it to his advantage by tossing Dragunov all around the uh, the ringside area. Dragunov mounted a ferocious comeback and displayed his trademark toughness. But Braun Breaker appeared and distracted Dragunov long enough for Corbin to nail an end of days to win the match. So he's moving on to NXT uh, week two of NXT Gold Rush, where he will challenge Carmelo Hayes for the NXT championship. I thought this was a good match. Um, I, I'm excited to see a Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov feud develop because I think they're going to beat the living crap out of each other, even more so mm-hmm. than Dragunov and Dijak did. Um, but no, I, you know, why is Corbin down here? He's down here to to make some waves. He's down here to to challenge uh, Hayes. You know, possibly put Carmelo over a little more, give him more a victory over an established main roster guy who has had you know. Uh, some big wins on the main roster. Guy pinned Roman Reigns for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like this match. Uh, Dragonoff is a guy that I think is, you know, he's biding his time still at NXT. He's main roster bound any day now. I think at some point. So mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts here on this uh, this match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dragonoff again, super great. Uh, just just great wrestler, great performer. Um, he always has really good matches, I think. Um, and like like we said in the previous episode, Baron, Baron, if he's in there with the right guy, can have a really good match. Um, you know, I, I think he's a lot more talented of a performer than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, but yeah, Breaker getting involved here definitely gives Dragunov some way to split off from here um, and, and take the loss because he did get distracted. So it, it does make sense. And Baron Corbin, like you said, is a main roster guy, so... And has been a main roster guy for a while, so um, him getting a match or him getting the win is not just like unbelievably like oh my god he's squashing uh, talent. You know he's obviously putting them over by selling for them, and uh, and he'll do the same for Carmelo um, when they have the match. So uh, yeah, good match. All right, so is this the end of the show where we got the acceptance of the challenge? Or does that happen on the next episode? I, I think that happened kind of in the middle of this episode okay. at, at some point. So, yeah, Seth Rollins accepted the uh, title match, and he, they'll face each other next week in uh, Gold Rush number one. All right, cool. And that brings us to our show on June 20th, Gold Rush week one. We have Wes Lee defending against Tyler Bate, the North American Championship. So Lee and Bates squared off in the spirit of competition as both superstars have been allies to one another in recent months, but it began to turn when neither of them could trust the actions of Ali, who began conducting both quick and slow counts, who was the the, uh, the ref here. So then we get uh, Bates came close on several occasions to winning the title, but Lee's championship medal was all too great, and a well-timed and well-placed cardiac kick uh, ended the contest and allowed the champion to retain. Again, these guys don't put on a bad match. The cardiac kick, uh, you know, he usually hits it pretty good. I think Lara Valkyria could uh, use some uh, training from him on how to hit a kick, (laughs) you know, right? Even though it's a different kind of kick and the timing is uh, a little bit uh, trickier. Definitely this. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking, though, I'm like, when do you do do you see a Tyler Bay heel turn happening at any time? Because that's where I'm kind of like. Like, are they doing it? Are they not? I mean, because it would be kind of shocking, right? I mean, yeah. has he has he ever been a heel 
under WWE and in, in NXT UK or anything? I, I don't think so because yeah. um, you know he was a mustache mountain for forever, and mm-hmm. Trent Seven actually ends up turning on him uh, throughout the like latter parts of uh, NXT UK. So. No, I think he's always been a face. You know, he's kind of, I, I wouldn't necessarily ever say he's been a heel. He's kind of been more of like a, a just a tweener, I guess is yeah. the best way to describe him. He's not necessarily like, oh, goody two-shoes kind of guy, kind of like he acts like on NXT, but um, he, he wasn't necessarily like a dick or, a, you know, <laughs> a, a real asshole uh, either. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure I want to say that. Yeah, uh, he's I know. Such a, he's such a good face. Um, but um, yeah, really good match with these two guys, um, as you would have probably predicted going in. Um, Ali obviously um, is going to kind of play play them against each other. It seems uh, going forward, and he he's you know he he did the slow counts, did the fast counts. Um, but yeah, that was really more of the story of this one. But a great match around it for sure. So we get a number one contenders triple threat match for the NXT uh, tag team titles. It's uh, Blade and Inofe taking on Hunter <laughs> Tank and Briggs and Jensen. So we get Briggs and Jensen look poised to win the match thanks to their version of the heart attack. But then Inofe and Blade appeared out of nowhere to deliver stereo splashes and stun their opponent to win the match to earn the right to face Gallus. I actually kind of enjoyed this match. I thought, yeah. you know, not saying the right team went over, but I wasn't surprised by that because you know briggs and jensen have had their shot hank and tank are they are they there yet no i think uh blade and enofe having uh, such a different style from gallus could get could be a decent time yeah. right it's just something different for gallus because they've had you know most of their matches have been have been brawls for the most part with the exception of maybe the dyad um and you know pretty deadly you know are, are more high flyers but they also can brawl um, but you know, no fan blade are just pretty much strictly like high flyers. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't hate the result cause I thought it was the right result. How's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Um, yeah, when they announced this match, I was kind of surprised that this was going to be like the number one contender, uh, number one contender triple threat, uh, to name, name who was going to take on Gallus next. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, as, as far as a stylistic matchup, I think, Anofe and Blade match up with Gallus pretty well. Um, like you said, they're they're a little bit high flyers, but they're real speedy, real fast paced uh, kind of guys. And like I said earlier, they can sell really well. Um, we may not love them uh, for anything else they really do, but they do <laughs> they, they do sell really well. They are kind of smaller guys, so Gallus can kind of chuck them around, and they can do that really well. So um, definitely interesting matchup uh, that I probably wouldn't have seen uh, as an option, but uh, definitely was looking forward uh, to seeing what they could do. All right. And moving on to Cora J taking on Dana Brooke. We get Brooke toying with Jade, showing off her athleticism, but one kick from Jade while Brooke was tied up in the ropes, changed the complexion of the match entirely. After NXT's medical team attempted to get Brooke to the back, she refused and hollowed back into the ring to finish what she started. However, the injury to her knee was too much to overcome as Jade locked in a half Boston crab that forced the referee to stop the match. Um, you know, I think this does, you know, more for Cora. I mean, Dana's one of those people like, you know, if she loses down here at NXT more than she wins, I think it's fine. I, I don't think it's going to 
helper situation or her situation. I think it's just she's just kind of there. She's that veteran presence, somebody that's like somewhat of a name as compared to uh, most of the ladies down there. Um, but you no, know, Cora needs the win, and I thought it was the right thing. I mean, it gave you know Dana getting injured and 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 the medical personnel kind of uh, you know saves her a little bit here to uh, you know to be able to say that, you know, yeah, well, she had gotten hurt in a match and maybe she shouldn't have uh, continued on. But, you know, the right, uh, it was good for the for Cora and for the story. Yeah, it gives Cora a win and shows that she's kind of ruthless and, you know, Dana didn't tap out or give up or anything like that. So it saves her uh, as a face to kind of show that she's kind of tough and she toughed it out, uh, but the referee just ended up stopping it. Um, but, yeah, definitely, definitely shows that Cora's... Uh, willing to do pretty much anything to get a win and uh, is kind of ruthless uh, when, when she needs to be and can be. All right. All right. Our next match is Ulisa Leon and Valentina Faraz taking on Metaphors, Lash Legend, and Jakara Jackson. Both teams were evenly matched, but Leon's dive to the outside inadvertently left Faraz susceptible to a devastating big boot from Legend, handing the Metaphor the win. So, I mean, I'm happy that Ulisa Leon is back. I mean, I thought Faraz, they were kind of trying to do something with her and Electra Lopez. And I'm kind of glad that it didn't really go anywhere to to give uh, Ulisa time to uh, to heal and put them back together. Mm-hmm. You know, she only recently returned. So and and the metaphor is a new faction. So, of course, you knew you got, they're going to get the win here. But I, I see things happening. And, and also they came up to the main roster. Right. And they uh, they lost to uh, somebody. Um, recently, right? They were they were they jobbed out to um, I, Isla and uh, yeah, Isla, uh, leading up to their match with Ronda and uh, Isla, uh, Ronda and Shayna, yeah, Shana, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, no, I thought this this was fine. Um, you know, I think uh, Lash and and Jakara definitely uh, need uh, to improve in the ring, yeah. but. Uh, you know, from the storyline and, and them getting this, like, you know, kind of the faction getting put together, yeah, it was the right uh, choice to win here. Yeah, definitely the right choice just to get them a win. Uh, the match wasn't anything great, and it didn't get a ton of time. So, um, but, yeah, the, the, there's definitely uh, room for improvement on both sides. But, uh, yeah, the, with the new faction forming, uh, they were definitely going to end up getting this win. So, not surprising. All right. And then we move on to our main event with the Prodigal Sun. Our current world heavyweight champion and the first ever NXT champion, Seth Rollins, returning to the uh, NXT brand to defend against Braun Breaker after being challenged. Uh, Rollins uh, feels the fury of Breaker as the former NXT champion unleashed multiple suplexes and attacks on the champion's injured midsection. Breaker... uh, Breaker's attempt at a spear went haywire as he went shoulder first into the ring post, allowing Rollins enough time to recover. Rollins then followed up by going for a broke and hitting Breaker with a frog splash to the announce table. The two superstars continued to battle, but after a pedigree, a spear, and multiple stomps, it was Rollins that walked out of NXT still. You're a world heavyweight champion. I thought this was a great match. Braun loses nothing in the loss here. I don't think it hurts him at all. I mean, it showed how much Seth needed to do to take him down. Um, but yeah, I, I really I enjoyed this uh, this match, and I thought you know Braun was pretty impressive in here and held his own. What would you think? 
yeah, Braun definitely held his own. I thought this was really awesome. Um, I, I think it's one of the better um, TV matches we've seen for sure. Um, Seth is another one of those guys that hardly ever has a bad match. Uh, it's And it's usually not his fault if he does. Um, but, uh, yeah, just great stuff. Braun didn't look out of place at all, I think. I mean, if he was, Seth did a really good job guiding him. Uh, but I think Braun held his end uh, all the way. Um, and this just proves that he's ready to uh, kind of take that next step uh, whenever that does happen. Obviously, with SummerSlam approaching, I think it's probably uh, right after that uh, when he'll end up actually finally going up. Yep. And was this the one where we got the post-match uh, attack, right, with uh, Finn? Yeah, Finn does come out and uh, attacks Rollins afterwards because he had kind of – he had uh, – Seth had taped uh, ribs uh, be coming into this match, and it was because um, Finn had attacked him on Raw uh, the night before. All right, then. All right, so we'll move on to week two of the Gold Rush from June 27th. It opens up with Tiffany Stratton defending the NXT Women's Championship against Thea Hale. Hale gave it her all, and despite showboating from Stratton, she was able to hit her signature offense and even lock in the Kimura lock, unfortunately for her. Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey began arguing with the referee, and the distraction forced the referee to miss the champion tapping out. Stratton capitalized on the mistake and managed to roll up Hale and walk away as the champion. After the match, Gulak and Dempsey attempted to beat down Duke Hudson, who was ringside, but Andre Chase returned and cleared the ring, restoring himself as the leader of Chase U. Um, I thought this was fun. You know, I again, not loving the uh, the Drew and, and Charlie stuff, but you know, Tiffany looked good. Uh, it's one of those things where it's going to give fuel to the crowd for the next few weeks, having her have uh, tapped out with the uh, referee uh, back turned or distracted. Mm-hmm. So, and it gives Thea uh, quite a rub here, I think. Uh, but Tiffany winning and then getting the return of Andre Chase, uh, I thought was really fun. And it's going to lead us to, uh, to finally uh, see, uh, you know, a, a battle here over the uh, competing styles of teaching, I guess, so to speak. So uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on this opening match? Yeah, I thought it was a really solid match. It made both girls uh, look good. Uh, obviously Thea gets the uh, visual submission. So really she should be, if the, if the ref wasn't distracted, she should be the uh, women's champion, but um, Tiffany kind of emerging from that and still uh, coming out with the victory, I think was a good move. Um, yeah, but uh, this was really just a vehicle to get uh, Andre back. Uh, obviously, I think Theo will get another shot just because of the way the match ended. But um, obviously, this was a way to get uh, Andre back in the fold, uh, coming back from uh, the attack that he had from, uh, I think, Braun took him out. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah, obviously, coming up, coming back from whatever injury or whatever he had. Um, but yeah, that, that really popped the crowd and the chase you section, uh, went absolutely bonkers. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we get Blade and Nofe challenging Gallus for the NXT tag team championship. It was a true clash of styles as the bruising Gallus looked to contain the high flying athleticism of Blade and Nofe, but the champions found it difficult to ground the challengers with Los Lotharios looking on Stax appeared and delivered a devastating elbow to Nofe and tossed him back into the ring, allowing Gallus to pin him and remain NXT Tag Team Champions. A little surprising, you know, with Stax uh, coming out to uh, to help them with that whole, you know, Tony D angle that they're doing back there with, with, with Gallus, but 
you know, we're just talking about the the matches tonight again. Like I like you said earlier, Los Lotharios being uh, down here, I think, is going to be a great addition to their tag division. And you know, you knew Blaine and Nofe had really no shot going in here, right? Because <laughs> I think Gallus would never live it down if these were the guys that took the belts off of them. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> but I thought it was a fu- I thought it was a fine match. Th- this pod may have exploded and ended yes. if that might have been the case. Yes. Um, the only main thing that may have been worse is if Axiom and Scripps won the tag title somehow. But uh, well, or, I'm not. Or, I'm or not big body Javi wins like the North American title. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, solid match. Uh, like like you said, clash of styles, um, and I think it worked. Um, you know, Gallus kind of bruised him up and knocked him around, but uh, and I know Faye and Blade sold really well, hit their offense uh, well uh, throughout the match as well. So, um, and you know, Stacks uh, seemingly helping Gallus win the titles. Um, I mean, I think obviously it's to lead to hopefully they him and Tony D when Tony D gets out. Uh, can win the that tag titles from Gallus, but um, yeah, definitely maybe a little bit of a confusing way to do it, but um, it, it makes sense in any way, I guess. But yeah, that's solid match. All right, then we get the NXT Heritage Cup Championship with Nathan Frazier defending against Dragon Lee. The first round came and went as neither superstar picked up a fall, but Frazier struck first in the second round with an incredible reversal after a hurricanrana from the top rope by Lee. Much like round one, round three came and went without a fall, much to the frustration of the champion. Dragon Lee tied in the fourth round with a roll-up powerbomb combo to set up a dramatic fifth round. The superstars proceeded to trade shots until the warning second, the waning seconds of with dueling roll-ups. But it was Frazier that pulled out the final move as he pinned Lee's shoulder to the mat just in time to beat the buzzer. So, I mean, to me, like, I'm thinking, like, this is NXT's version of Fetch, right? They're trying to get the the heritage cup over here and i think it's something that you know like you said it works better here but i don't know if it's something i want to see all as often as maybe they've been putting it on mm-hmm. but because i i'm not i'm not a huge fan of the style yeah but me you know but who knows maybe it'll grow on me over time but i thought this was fine you know i thought fraser and lee you know couldn't really put on a bad match mm-hmm. But the like I said, the, it's the uh, the format is the only thing that I have I have an issue with here. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I think it's one of those things that like you either probably like it or you don't. I I, I don't think it's something that. I mean, I it, it could happen, I guess, but I, I don't see this as something that maybe a, a lot of people that don't like it initially are going to come around to. It's just kind of a thing that you know. I think a certain sect of fans like, and uh, I, I don't think it's just for uh, the other part part of that uh, audience for sure. I mean, like I said, like you said, it could grow on you, but um, I, I think it's just a style that you either either love or hate. Um, it's just kind of one one or end of the end of the spectrum. But yeah, these two guys did a really good job, and like I said, it plays good to the smaller crowd for sure. Uh, but another loss by Dragon Lee. So, um, and I think. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, they are actually going to run this back, uh, come coming, coming up, uh, in current time. Uh, so, and I, I don't think Dragon Lee's going to somehow win, win the second one. So, um, it, it's tough to see him put on such good matches and just constantly lose, uh, as he's coming in. All right. So we got Kiana James taking on Gigi Dolan. With uh, Dolan's chaotic offense clashed with the precision strikes of James, 
It seemed like the savvy businesswoman was always one step ahead. With the referee distracted, James went to hit Dolan with her handbag, but Dolan countered it, hit a crucifix bomb, picked up the win. After the match, James hit Dolan with the bag and dumped multiple cans of paint on the fiery redhead. I kind of dig this feud. It's such a clash of characters here um, that I see this having legs for a bit. And, of course, you know, beloved Gigi (laughs) goes over again. Kiana, I think, is good. I think she still needs uh, more work in the ring. I think she's got the character stuff down, but the in-ring is not uh, as advanced as, as I would I would like to at this point. Mm-hmm. But And then Gigi, I think, she's tremendous. Um, I think she, you know, she can be sloppy at times, mm-hmm. but when she's on, she's she's on. And I thought this was a really uh, a good match for her. Yeah, this one kind of surprised me. I think it uh, ended up being a little bit better of a match than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, like you said, I, I think really both girls still have uh, room to grow for sure. Uh, Kiana more than Gigi, but um, I definitely think both have room for improvement. But um, yeah, this is a solid match and uh, yeah, an interesting uh, feud uh, that I think could be uh, super good uh, going forward because uh, I mean, obviously I know what happens in the weeks after this, but um, but yeah, I think it could be interesting for sure. All right. And on to our main event which is Baron Corbin challenging Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship. The brutality of Corbin was on full display as he looked to not only win the NXT title, but prove a point that current NXT superstars are more entitled than the ones back in his day. The NXT universe was firmly behind Carmelo Hayes, but that didn't stop Corbin from laying down a beatdown. Hayes mounted a comeback, hitting a picture-perfect fadeaway leg drop in the process, but Corbin was too powerful and managed to powerbomb the champion onto the announce table. Corbin ended up nailing a deep six, but Hayes somehow kicked out, sending NXT faithful into a frenzy. After an attempted choke slam, Hayes countered into a spectacular DDT, which set Corbin up for nothing but net, which set the champion home with the title. Again, like this match, uh, I thought Corbin, you know, uh, moved around. I did love, he came out as the lone wolf, right, in this one. Yeah, he came out with the old music. He didn't and I kind of, I kind of pop for that. I have to, yeah. I have to admit, I hate Happy Corbin. I, <laughs> I, I hate that character. You know, the Lone Wolf. I didn't, I didn't love it, but I thought it suited him. You know, and I kind of dug that. I kind of like when guys go back to an old gimmick for like at least like you know a one off sometimes, and that did pop me a little bit. And again, you know, Carmelo, you know bumped around and sold and, and, and hitting the deep six, uh, you know, was, um, uh, you know, Mello really got into it. So I, I thought this was fine. And I mean, Corbin uses brutality, but you know, he knew he wasn't going to beat Mello. I, I don't, I, I don't see Mello being that guy that, that loses to a Corbin at least, I yeah. think, but stranger things have happened. I mean, come on, Dolph beat Braun, but yeah, <laughs> the title, sure. but I didn't see that happening here. Uh, but I thought it was a good main event for TV. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if they let Corbin win, just have a little short run and have Carmelo beat him back for it. But um, I'm glad they didn't do that. I think Carmelo deserves to have a pretty long reign, um, as I think he probably will. But, yeah, this is three. I, I think uh, Corbin's three for three in NXT so far. So um, just another really good match. Um, I think he's been paired up, obviously, with really good guys and uh, guys that he can have really good matches with. But he's he's definitely brought his in on, on, on all of them. I think this is probably one of his uh, best matches he's probably ever had uh, and definitely in a, in a really long time. Um, but, yeah, just really, really awesome uh, main event for the second week in a row. All right. 
So then we move on to the on July 4th NXT episode, which started open up with Roxanne Perez taking on Blair Davenport. The tenacity and ferociousness of Davenport were evident as the British superstar tossed Perez around the ring, but Perez did manage to counter a suplex, superplex sorry, into a crossbody. Perez didn't continue to fight back, but her attempt to take out Davenport on the outside backfired as she was sent face first into the steel ring steps. That spelled the beginning of the end. As moments later, Davenport was able to hit Perez with a pair of crushing knee strikes that ended the match. I thought Roxanne looked looked pretty good here, but Blair like kind of beat the crap out of her. Right? <laughs> it was like kind of definitive. Like it was like no, no, she like literally just hits her with those knee strikes and then she's down, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was one of those where Roxanne was like the little engine that could, but just ran out of gas. Yeah. And and Blair needs us to keep establishing her as like this badass who took out like three women so far at least. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I think again Roxanne is in that 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 kind of that downward trajectory just so she can be built back up at some point. But I thought it was a, it was a good it was a good showing for Davenport to make her come off as like this real badass. Yeah, I mean, she's already taken out all these girls in the uh, vaunted uh, NXT parking lot. Um, uh, she's taken out all these girls uh, backstage as as they've shown uh, with her character kind of coming in. Um, and yeah, the big win, uh, real big win. And like you said, it was it was it wasn't a squash, but it was. I mean, it lasted uh, ten to twelve minutes, I'd say. Um, but it, and it, you know, I, I think it was dominant enough to where it was uh you know made her look super good and super badass so um i i i kind of wish i mean obviously i love tiffany as a champion but um i i would like to see blair face a bigger face than um roxanne but i think roxanne's probably the top face on the on the promotion so far so uh maybe they go to a blair versus tiffany at some point but we'll see yeah, maybe. I think she might have to go through Lyra first, at least, yeah, to get there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll see. Of course, though, then you see, like, you know, Nikita comes back. You know she's going to target Blair. So you have mm-hmm. those, like, set-up feuds waiting for Blair Davenport down the line. Mm-hmm. So she's going mm-hmm. to be busy. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think this is over between her and Roxanne. I think Roxanne will come back and give her another big battle. Yeah. All right, so then uh, still hovering around the NXT North American Championship, we get Tyler Bate taking on Mustafa Ali, the big strong boy using incredibly innovative offense to keep the experienced Ali off balance. But in the end, it was the sneakiness and veteran savvy of Ali that gave him the advantage. Both superstars were perched on the top rope. As Bate nearly fell, Ali caught him. But after a sly smile, he dropped Bate into a perfect position for a 450 splash that gave him the victory. I thought this was a really good match. You know, um... Mustafa Ali, you know, wins somewhat cleanly here over over Tyler Bate, and Bate again puts on another another uh, solid, you know, outing here, and 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 the right guy got, went over here because we've seen Tyler Bate take on Wesley. I mean, this wasn't exactly a uh, um, NXT North American Championship, but you knew that whoever won this match had a much better uh, shot at getting uh, a shot at Wesley coming up. Um, anything to uh, to add on this match? Yeah, the, like you said, this is pretty much a quasi, probably number one contendership to face West next. So, and Ali and West would be a fresh matchup. So, uh, definitely um, would look forward to seeing that one. Um, 
so yeah yeah i mean i, I thought thought both guys did really really great job um uh, another really solid tv match uh put out by both of these guys so um as we'll get into this is a really really good uh episode of tv i think there's two or three really really good matches throughout this episode so we'll talk about yeah that. and it was actually taped too so yeah which is crazy <laughs> yeah uh so then we got uh the debut of kilani jordan taking on tam paxley has she been on level up at all because i haven't watched a uh, level up for probably uh, about a month or two i i haven't watched the like last month or so but i'd it's not a name that I super remember. Maybe the last month or so she's been on a couple of times, but um, I think this is a pretty quick call up uh, yeah. uh, to the main NXC. Mm-hmm. With Dana Brooke in a quarter, uh, Jordan struggled early as the bruising Paxley growled at her and tried to wear her down throughout the match. And then uh, seemingly out of nowhere, Jordan ex- expertly countered a slam attempt into a devastating stunner that gave him her first win of her NXT career. I got to tell you, I, lo- I kind of love that stunner. The way she did, because it was like, a, what was it, like kind of like a flip over? Like mm-hmm. she kind of did a twist into it. I thought she hit it really well for for somebody making her debut. It was it was fairly crisp, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see it being as over as the Soul Snatcher, yeah. but uh, you know, this girl showed athleticism. I mean, obviously she doesn't have much of a character at the moment, mm-hmm. but you know, having Dana in her corner added to it. And Paxley, you know, like we, like we talked about earlier, she's a solid hand to have in there. And I, you know. Uh, she looked pretty hot. She actually in this match, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was it was a fine debut, and you know, kind of excited to see uh, where this girl goes as she develops. Anything to add? Yeah, I mean, they put over that she's like a real accomplished gymnast, which uh, Dana Brooke uh, was also before she came in. So that's kind of their connection um, that they have. Um, and yeah, Paxley plays her role well again. Um, and I, I thought the starter was really cool looking too. Um, this is maybe a match I probably could have given uh, Paxley a win, but obviously they're putting her with uh, putting Kalani with uh, Dana, so you kind of had to give it to her. Um, but it was good to see her get her first win, um, and I think she looked good enough to uh, obviously push her going forward. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean there are some solid foundations here. I mean you got Saul, you got Danny Palmer, you got this girl. I mean there's 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 you know a couple of classes like up and coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think NXT is going to be okay for a while, at least in the women, because I think they kind of got a little depleted, not much, but I think they got a little depleted with the draft. So, um, especially in their tag team division, of course, where there are no more NXT women's tag belts, mm-hmm. uh, since those got unified with the uh, the regular women's tag belts, which is fine. I, I don't, I'm not upset at that at all. Um, and then I, I'm I'm totally crying over it. I don't know what you're. I'm just kidding. I know <laughs> no. you got a tear in your beer for it. Um, <laughs> So now we have the return of the underground previously on raw, of course, which uh, gave us, uh, you know, the debuts of like Omos back in the day, who was the, uh, the bouncer, I guess of it. And uh, Davicato, a few other people uh, were featured on quite a bit. And of course it's called NXT underground and it's Damon Kemp taking on Eddie Thorpe. Thorpe ended up training with former Olympic gold medalist and current WWE superstar Gable Stevenson. I don't know if I call him a current WWE superstar, but you know he's there. <laughs> he's working under, on it. <laughs> he's under contract, uh, and it proved dividends as Thorpe crunched and battered his rival. Kemp, a former collegiate wrestler in his own right, was more than in his element, and with and with used the surroundings to get Thorpe off his game. The super two superstars continued to bash one another, but Thorpe managed to lock in a triangle submission elbow strike, 
combo that forced the official to stop the match and name Thorpe the victor. Of course, post-match, you have him celebrating with Gable Stevenson and a few of the, uh, I guess, trainees from the uh, the PC came in, and Gable Stevenson proceeded to put on a, uh, a suplex clinic, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, tossing guys around and showing uh, off some some, you know, shades of greatness here. I think they're... I think they're moving him slowly along because they don't want to have him kind of like come on and fizzle out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like how long, you know, they made such a big deal about signing Mark Henry years ago. And how long did it really take Mark to really come into his own? I mean, yeah, he did some stuff in the early years with the, you know, the nation and the stuff with D'Lo and, and that God awful, you know, stuff with May Young, the sexual chocolate years. But it did take him a little while to really find his footing and become the Mark Henry we know and love. So I think they're trying to avoid that with Gable Stevenson and wait till he's like pretty ready to come on TV regularly. I mean, here, this was just like a showcase. Like he was just, you know, he was there to kind of like, you know, help out, give a little bit of a rub to Eddie Thorpe, so to speak, mm-hmm. and then showcase his, uh, his suplexing ability. But, you know, overall I was like, kind of like, as long as they don't bring the underground back, you know, if it's one of those things that maybe we'll see once a year, yeah. Uh, once in a blue moon, like maybe like a feud, you know, like a blood match uh, type situation where nothing, you know, these these two people can't settle their, uh, you know, their just just their feud any other way. But let's 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 go underground with it. I'm I'm okay with that, but yeah, we can't make it a regular thing. Yeah, it was different enough to kind of kind of give it this uh, match a little extra flair. So it was it was enjoyable for that. Um, I thought the finish was sick. Like he had them in the triangle choke and was just nailing that, nailing the elbows. I thought that was a really good way to end it. Um, and then, yeah, with Gable, you kind of compared him to Mark Henry. That's a good, um, that's a good uh, connection there that I I didn't really think of. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you really want to talk about like you know Mark coming in and where he reached his peak, it took him about twelve years. I mean, he didn't reach he didn't reach his peak till about twenty eleven. Um, when he had the world heavyweight uh, title run and the, ho- the 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 Hall of Pain and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, so um, you could say he probably hit a stride in probably 0809 when he was with the ECW stuff. But um, I mean, his real big run was that 2011 run. So I mean, he came in in like 99, 98, so well, really 96. But yeah, um, yeah so it it took him a long time for sure. But um, and, and I I kind of want to think that I saw the other day that. Gable might still be trying to like train to do the Olympics uh, another time. So I don't know if his heart is like completely in it right now, but they're kind of okay with uh, him, him doing that. It gives them more exposure and stuff like that. So um, it'll yeah. be interesting to see if they could continue to feature him. Um, and that maybe that rumor is BS, but um, he, he definitely has, the athletic ability and I, I think he has some of the tools but he just needs to put it all together yeah yeah definitely for sure yeah yeah i i you know i i grew to love mark henry so yeah. i mean and they signed him to like these ginormous deal off the bat too it's like a 10-year mm-hmm. i think contract guaranteed so they had to they had to do something with the guy right and it all worked out in the end so yeah well and henry's issue was he always got hurt like they would push yeah. him super hard get hurt push him super hard get hurt so i mean his his was a lot of injuries as well but yeah he, he came around and it, it all worked out in the end yeah well you know they're great athletes but they not may not be used to the uh you know the wrestling you know sports the of style it, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so 
So there you go. So then we got JC Jane taking on Lyra Valkyria. Jane was out to prove and prove a point and mocked her opponent at every turn, jeering the crowd as she locked Valkyria into several holds and even smashing her face first into the ring apron via a wheelbarrow face buster. Valkyria rallied even after being locked into a double leg Boston Crab, but a missed missed a diving drop kick. Moments later, Jane went for a big pump kick, but Valkyria countered into an enziguri that rocked Jane. Valkyria then set her off for a picture perfect spinning kick. Flush and put Jane down for good. Yeah, these write ups, I'll tell you. Um, I mean, I thought this fine post match, you know, uh, uh, JC uh, kind of beats her down and, and rips her, her feathers up. So that's going to uh, lead to a feud between the two, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, you know, Lyra looked fine. I mean, JC, again, is one of those, you know, again, like when it comes to heels, uh, losses sometimes don't really matter as much you know what i mean like she can take the loss because you know she's gonna you know she she you know she may lose the battle but is she losing the war not necessarily with that beat down so i i'm I'm okay with that and lyra you know is somebody that kind of got pushed immediately into the title scene so i think that she's uh kind of down a peg a little bit now but i mean do they should they have like a north american women's championship in here I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? To mm-hmm. give uh, other girls a, a chance to, uh, to, to fight for titles, so to speak. Um, I'd be okay if they unveiled that. I also think maybe the main roster could use something like that too, yeah. as well. You know, cause we, you know, there's such a, you know, sometimes the people at the top, I mean, you have all these other people like, do, they, do you really see them beating Aria or Charlotte? You know, do you really see Thea really beating, you know Tiffany, but would I would could you see Thea and Cora like battling for the NXT Women's you know North American Championship? Yes, I could definitely believe that and and have her like have one of those fluke victories where she kind of like holds it for a little while. Yes, I'd be okay with that, and that's where I think I see like these girls right now: Lyra, JC, and and, and Gigi, and and Kiana, and Fallon even in there. So, um, but I'm I'm fine with this match result here. What what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I think Lyra needed to get a victory, um, kind of coming off the big loss to uh, Tiffany at Battleground uh, to get a, get a little bit more momentum back behind her. Um, and I, I think, you know, J- JC doesn't lose anything by losing here because she kind of gets the post-match attack and uh, destroys Lyra's uh, little cape feather thing that she has going <laughs> on. Um, so it, it, this is obviously going forward and she can get her win back uh, at some point. Um, but yeah, the, you know, I, I don't know if I would you I don't know if I would do like a mid card women's title on NXT, but I definitely think it could be something for the main roster because yeah. there's a lot of girls on the main roster that just like even with Dana, you know, I don't I'm not saying Dana should win any kind of title, but <laughs> um, she's just somebody that kind of just floats there. Um, I mean, but and even like, you know, when Becky's not in like the title feud, like. You know, she's she's just facing these people like it's no, there's nothing to it, really. Uh, she's just, you know, kind of biding her time before she's back facing for uh, the big belt. So she could, you know, carry that mid card uh, women's belt uh, while, while she's kind of building herself back up or something to that effect. But I definitely think it could work on the main roster, but I'm not quite sure I would do it on NXT. Yeah, I, I hear you. I just want to give like people a chance to fight for something. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It. yeah that's, that's kind of like what it is. 
you know, because we kind of have like a third men's title now with the Heritage Cup. Yes. Yeah, like, true. do we need it? You know, when we could have like we have this like glut of women, give them give them something else to fight for, give them something else to build up to, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it could make it could make sense for sure. Uh, I'm not saying it's I'm completely opposed to it, but um, no, I, I, I would definitely do it on the main roster before I did it. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Okay, so our main event is a loser leaves NXT match. The Dia taking on the Creeds. The Creeds use their incredible strength and determination to pick up an early advantage, but the Nefarious Fowler and Reed showed that they still had a few tricks up their sleeve. The Creeds were deep in trouble after the Dia nailed Brutus with a diving doomsday device to the outside, but Julius used his remarkable athleticism to take out both Reed and Fowler single-handedly. Suddenly, with the official dealing with the brawling Ava and Ivy Nile, a masked superstar appeared and nailed Julius with a schism mask, allowing the Dyad to hit a simultaneous double knee face buster, which not only won them the match, but also forced the Creed brothers to leave NXT. I was a little surprised by this because once I heard it was a loser leaves NXT, I'm like, oh, they granted, uh, you know, the Dyad their release. Nope. Uh, the Creeds <laughs> are the ones uh, that are leaving NXT. Were you surprised by the result? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once I heard the step, um, I definitely thought this was the dyad uh, kind of going away. Maybe they just ride out their contracts the rest of the way. They, you know, maybe they said, hey, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go home. You can either release us or pay us and or whatever. But, yeah, you know, the Creeds end up losing a really, really good match. Both teams, uh, the, these two teams definitely have a ton of chemistry with each other. Um, real, real good match. Um, like like I said, you know, the underground match was really good. Um, Bate and Ali was really good, and this one was really good. So a really, really solid in-ring um, match, or a in-ring show for matches um, throughout this whole episode. So just really good stuff. Um you know, sad to see the Creeds go, but um, they did definitely deserve to be uh, on the main roster uh, doing stuff uh, with teams up there that uh, can have even more bangers with them. So yeah. um, sad to see the Creeds leave, but um, happy to see them go at the same time. I, I was kind of hoping to see them show up during the um, the Maxine Dupree uh, ceremony on, on Monday and have them join on the the you know the team the alpha, uh, academy. alpha academy i would love that that would that would really round out that stable mm-hmm. because you know you got chad and and otis are they work as a tag team but they're you know they don't need to be a tag team mm-hmm. you know the creeds would definitely benefit from the rub of of, of being with those guys and i think mm-hmm. it would establish them a little bit more um who do you have any any thoughts or guesses on who was under the mask was it joe gacy or could it be somebody else uh, I think it's. Uh, it looked like Gacy. I, I kind of assumed that that's who it was, but it could be interesting to see if it was somebody else. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's going to end up being someone else, but I definitely think it was Gacy under the mask. You could see the beard. Um, yeah. He was kind of a shorter, kind of rotunder kind of guy, so uh, <laughs> he definitely fit. Uh, or, you, know, you know what I mean? I know. More rotund, I guess. <laughs> but uh, he... he uh, he definitely had. He definitely fit. Uh, you know, uh, Gacy's profile. So, but it may end up being somebody else. But we'll see. Okay, so our marathon is almost gone. We're 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 Ugh. coming coming down the uh, the final stretch here onto the uh, most recent NXT show of uh, of our recording, 
This is the NXT from uh, July 11th, 2023. It starts off, it opens up with a tag match, Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey taking on Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. All four superstars battled on the outside before the bell even rang, and the action never slowed down once. Hudson began favoring his wrist, and Ruthless Dempsey took advantage by twerking it by any chance he could. But when Andre Chase tagged in, sparked the beginning of the end, Chase brought the fight to both Gulak and Dempsey, and an enthusiastic Thea Hale managed to lock in a Kimura lock on Gulak, allowing Chase and Hudson to defeat Dempsey and pick up the win. I thought this was a good match. Um, again, you know, this I'm, I'm kind of glad that this, this feud may be winding down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Drew is fine. I, you know, Charlie is 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 missing something. I and I don't know what maybe exactly is. And I was happy to see Andre and Duke together. Maybe they can get a uh, they can challenge for the tag belts before uh, it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're all waiting for Duke to turn, but I only I don't know if if and when that could happen. Uh, any any thoughts on that and in this match? Yeah, it seems like if that was going to be a thing, it probably would have happened already. Um, and I think Dempsey isn't missing anything. I think he's just stuck with Gulak, and I just don't yeah. think Gulak is helping him uh, very much at all. Um, it may, I mean, he could use uh, – I, I guess Dempsey could use a manager to talk for him, but like you said, and I mean, his dad is fucking backstage, and if you can use him on screen or if you can convince him to be on screen, I think. Well, I think uh, he that, can't be on screen – yeah, because right? yeah, yeah. of part of the the, the buyout for AEW. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to think that that's coming up pretty soon though. For like, if it's a ninety day non compete or whatever, I feel like this has to be uh, close to either being up or have have expired at this point. I mean, I don't know what they worked out, but um, but yeah, a year I mean, actually, he couldn't be on screen for a year. He could go work for them, but he couldn't be an on screen character for a year. Okay, well. I think that, and that's that's not, and I think that's like December. <laughs> yeah, it's not for a while for sure. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. But anyways, I think Gulak is holding Dempsey back yeah. with the real 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 thing I was trying to say there. But I mean the match was I think the match was really good. Andre Chase is another one of those guys. He just has a fire and he has a connection with the crowd um that and Duke even at the same time has grown to have that kind of relationship the crowd as well but they're just always into these uh chase university matches they're behind thea as well but uh, it just seems like every time the crowd gets super excited for these matches whether they're all-time bangers or anything like that or not um but just a, i think this was a really solid tag match between the yeah guys. yeah like i said though it plays great in the nxt arena mm-hmm. will it play great in the big arena that's my concern if chase U does come up as a unit you know mm-hmm. they're a lot of fun but, you know, on the big stage, I worry about Adam Rose, No Way Jose type mm-hmm. type stuff happening to them. But I don't want to see that because these guys are all talented and I think they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I think they've right. gotten a good reaction at the PLEs that they've wrestled at, too. Yeah. So maybe maybe they could get over, but um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So then we got Kalani Jordan, Kilani Jordan, sorry, uh, wrestling <laughs> against Cora Jade. Jordan showed out early on her on her using her supreme athleticism, but the cunning Jade had her perfected and scouted and kicked out of the ropes right away when Jordan was attempting to springboard off them. Jade then followed up by hitting a crushing DDT and pinning Jordan in the middle of the ring. So, you know, she gets her first win last week, and now she gets her first loss. 
uh, and Cora continues on her winning ways. Uh, I think this was more about Cora just continuing on that mean girl persona. I mean, Jordan, you know, lightning wasn't going to strike twice for her. So um, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is just to kind of push forward the Dana Brooke, uh, Cora Jade thing that they've had going for uh, the last two or three weeks. Um, obviously leading to some kind of, uh, I, I would assume it's going to be some kind of no DQ match with all, all the weapon use and, uh, you know, with the kendo stick and everything. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely just to move that forward. Kalani, you know, gets, gets a loss here. It doesn't hurt her. She's brand new. So, um, she, she's clearly just, you know, establishing herself, but, uh, taking a loss to a, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, Cora is one of the veterans on this roster and she's only like 22 years old uh, in real life. So um, it's crazy to think that she's a veteran on this roster. But, yeah, she's she's more one of the more experienced girls. So um, losing to her is not something bad for Kalani at this point. All right. So now we got Braun Breaker taking on Ilya Dragunov in a number one contenders match for the NXT Championship. Breaker looked to end it with a huge power slam after a bulldog from off the top rope. But Dragunov countered with a running Death Valley driver into an incredible coast-to-coast dropkick that brought the NXT universe to its feet. Somehow, Breaker kicked out of the Torpedo Moscow and later caught Dragunov with a hellacious spear out of midair. The two superstars continued to batter batter each other, but it was Dragunov that delivered a final blow as one last running elbow to the back of the head, allowing to pin Breaker and punch his ticket to the NXT Great American Bash. I thought this was a was a fun, you know, hard-hitting Haas battle here, basically. Dragunov, like I said, like, doesn't matter if he gets hurt as long as he hurts you. And Braun, I thought, you know, did a good job at selling, uh, you know, had some really good facial expressions here on disbelief. I I really dug this match. Uh, I mean, I think Braun's time as kind of being in the NXT title picture has is, is come to an end, I think. So... You know, of course, Dragonov was was the uh, the right choice here, and I look forward to him and uh, Carmelo. Oh yeah, him and Carmelo should be a, a, amazing. Um, do you think this is it for Braun? Do you think this will be his last appearance? It, it, match? it could be. I mean, you know, they gotta find a, a way to bring him up or bring him on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of the feeling I got coming out of this with how uh, brutal and uh, devastating all the stuff it was throughout this match. I, I had a feeling that this may be um, the kind of way to say goodbye. Um, and that it was a great match to, to say goodbye to, if that is indeed how it goes. But, um, yeah, Dra- Dragunov looked amazing, uh, like you said. And as long as he hurts you, he doesn't matter how much he hurts himself. Um, but, yeah, him and Carmelo should be absolutely outstanding. Also, to start the show, we have an appearance by the entire Judgment Day faction mm-hmm. to show up, and they get into it with uh, Carmelo and Trick and sets up our main event for later tonight. And also during the show, though, we have Wesley in a backstage interview, and Dirty Dom and Mommy uh, interrupt, and Dom says, you're the one with the open challenges, so I open challenge you. And Wes is like, we could do it tonight, and Dom's like, nope, we're going to do it next week. So, um. I don't know. I I'm I kind of sniff a title change. What do you uh, What do you think of uh, Dirty Dom? I mean, we'll talk about it on our next episode, obviously. But what do you think about Dirty Dom taking on Wesley and possibly 
you know, winning the NXT North American Championship. Yeah, I, I could I could see it for sure just from a character perspective, but I, I don't know if they're going to do the thing where, like, Dom comes back down while all the rest of Judgment Day is still... I mean, I think he would still appear on the main roster, but um, I don't know if they would quite do that from an NXT perspective. But um, it, it could be definitely an interesting way to go. Um, I, I think... I think uh, Wes will end up pulling it out because I think they're going towards Ali and uh, Wes at probably Great American Bash, which will be our next uh, PLE at the end of July. Um, so I think I think I think he'll I think Wes will still retain. Um, I could see it happening. It definitely could happen. Um, I think it could be good for Dom. Uh, I think it could be good for him to win an NXT singles title before he starts, you know, <laughs> winning uh, Intercontinental or U.S. titles up on the main roster. But, um, yeah, definitely could could go either way. But. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, all right, so then we move on to Ivy Nile taking on our NXT Women's Champion, Tiffany Stratton, still reeling from the loss of the Creed Brothers in NXT. Now I'll put up an admirable effort as she had the champion questioning herself throughout the matchup, but it was still Stratton's night. Crowd was chanting, you tapped out to her uh, several times. Stratton's first attempt at a rolling fireman's carry went awry, is now countered into a dragon sleeper. But Stratton then tossed her head first into the turnbuckle, which then put her in a position for the match, ending prettiest moonsault ever. Uh, I thought Tiffany looked great in this match. Uh, Ivy held her own. You can definitely tell... You know, the whole Creed thing is weighing on her. Yeah. Um, we also have a backstage segment, which I want to talk about in a moment after you give your thoughts on the match. But I thought this was fine. I thought Ivy, you know, it wasn't a title match because uh, Ivy is nowhere near, uh, you know, ready for a, title, a women's title match. But I thought it was good. I thought it was a good TV thing. Um, Ivy looked, like I said, Ivy's improving every week. And, uh, you know, keeping our champion on TV is is a good thing. Yeah, 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 definitely a good match for Tiffany, um, and, and a good match for Ivy. I think it would uh, show that they showed that she can hang with the champion. Um, and yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier with Ivy. I, I'm interested to see how she, um, how, how she I, I exists is the word, I guess. Um, yeah, fares around uh, with without uh, the, having the creeds to kind of bounce off of. So I, I, I'm interested to see how she uh, handles kind of being alone now. Yeah. Um, I, I think she can handle it. I, I've been high on her from the beginning. She was a 205 live NXT level up, whatever you want to call it, uh, favorite of mine uh, from from a long time ago. So. Um, I, I definitely want to see where she goes kind of without that safety net of the creeds. Mm-hmm. So later on in the show, they do do a backstage segment with her kind of like sitting there, like, you know, kind of like reeling from losing the match and the, you know, the schism walks up there and they have a whole bunch of people, you know, followers and masks behind them. And their last two look very similar. You know, of course they had masks on, but to the creeds. So, mm. Uh, you know, go back and watch it if you didn't pick up on that. I but, messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I would, uh, yeah, I would, I would like to hear your thoughts. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you know, off off mic, but um, yeah, I think I think their their uh, trip to the main roster, is, you know, is not as imminent as possible. I, obviously, they 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 lost that loser leaves NXT, but it's wrestling anything can happen. But I those last two 
do look a lot like Julius and, and Brutus. So uh, gotcha. there could be more uh, to come in this whole uh, schism, uh, creeds, diamond mine thing. That's it might not be over yet. So uh, hmm. yeah, keep your you. eyes out on that. All right, now we got uh, Logan's favorite guy, Joe Coffey, taking on <laughs> Channing Stacks Lorenzo with the fate of Tony D, uh, you know, hanging in the balance that if Stacks could win, Tony D gets freed from custody. Coffey was shocked when Stacks, uh, Stacks reneged on their apparent deal and even more shocked when a jail cell phone call from D'Angelo himself that revealed that Stacks double-crossed Gallus. Stacks even got Gallus ejected from ringside before hitting Coffey with a running knee stump to win the match. I mean... I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I think Stax is one of those guys that has grown yeah. uh, quite a bit. And, I you know, this is obviously going to lead to a, a tag title match at some point between the family and Gallus. And, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this match. Uh, it was fine for what it was. It moved the story forward, and it's going to lead to something. Yeah, this was, this was definitely more about the story. I think the other match they had was probably a little better in ring. Um, but this is more about pushing the story forward of Tony Deed getting out. Um, and then him and Stax uh, obviously getting a uh, tag title match at some point in the near future. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Stax has really, really improved. He's one of those, um, you know, when they first came out and their names were uh, Stack and Two Dimes, everybody was like, oh, that's the stupidest. Those are the stupidest names ever. And these guys are never going to get over. But um, despite Two Dimes' uh, disappearance, quote unquote, uh, Stax, I think, has really emerged um, and become a really good talent for uh, NXT. There you go. So we move on to our main event, which is Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day taking on Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Finn Balor, Finn, Finn Balor and Senior <laughs> Money in the Bank. Sorry, it's it's late. It's No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, it's all it's we're hitting almost two and a half hours here. <laughs> getting, I'm getting even more punchy than I am in the beginning of the show. Uh. So we got Finn and, and Damian uh, t- taking the fight right to Trick and 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 then once Carmella tags in though it becomes a different story as the NXT champion earns some momentum and fired up the crowd. Hayes and Balor battled to a near stalemate, showing that resolve that makes both of them iconic NXT champions. But on the outside, interference from Dirty Dom, Rhea Ripley, and inadvertently the new number one contender Ilya Dragunov. Chaos allowed Priest to hit South of Heaven, followed by a coup de grace from Finn, which allowed the Judgment Day to reign supreme in NXT. Uh, you know, Carmelo uh, taking a, taking the pin here, I didn't like. Uh, I mean, I think Trick should have eaten the, the pin here, but uh, it just keeps putting over Judgment Day as a force, no matter what the brand is. So, I mean, I don't think it hurts Carmelo. He's obviously, he loses to, like, you know, Finn, who's won, like, every championship imaginable, the current Money in the Bank holder, plus you have, you know, the, the women's champion and, and Dirty Dom on the outside. So, and then Dragunov coming in. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think with all that uh, added into it, I think our champion uh, is, is, is comes out of it with not, not too much, uh, you know, luster taking off his shine. Yeah. I thought it was a fine match. Um, and again, I love seeing these main roster guys come down because I think, I don't think it, it takes away from I think it it, it it helps more than, than it hinders, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's not like they're taking TV time away from from other people. I think there are people there that you know are they're trying to showcase and feature up to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are some other people I'd like to see on TV a little more, but 
you know, with only two hours of TV time a week, they got to make the best of it. And I think having these uh, main roster guys is is bringing uh, eyes on it. I mean, I don't know how the ratings are doing now with the yeah. more of these established guys and girls coming down, but it has to be giving it a bump, I think. Yeah, I, I do think they have up- upticked lately. I don't think they've made like so vast uh, improvements or anything like that to where it's like oh my goodness that's this has uh, been a great great move but i think it's definitely good for the talent themselves mm-hmm. um yeah judgment judgment days has just been killing it lately priest dom uh balor uh Rhea, just all, all of them have been doing really good stuff um i i'm okay with carmelo taking the fall only because Ilya came out and i to feel like he gave enough of a distraction to where that kind of adds a little bit of fuel to this uh, title match that they'll have at uh, Great American Bash. So, because um, it's kind of you know you're kind of heading towards another face face thing. Uh, they'll probably do the uh, respect whole uh, the whole respect thing, but um, this adds a little bit of uh, tension. Uh, at least a, a little bit here. I, I obviously I would have rather trick lost. Um, he's the guy that's, um, you know, it's not going to hurt him losing to main roster talents, losing to the first universal champion and the current Mr. Money in the bank and Damian priest. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Carmelo getting pinned is questionable, but it does kind of add a little bit of tension to him and Ilya. So, I'm I'll be okay with it for now, I guess. <laughs> okay, all right. So that's gonna get us all up to date of as of uh, today's date uh, of when we're recording the day after the last NXT show. So it's July twelfth. Um, how many matches outside of the NXT title match do we know about for a Great American Bash? Is this- I. I, I- I'll look it up real quick, but I'm pretty sure that's the only one we know for sure right now. I'm assuming um, Mustafa Ali uh, and uh, Wes will have a, a North American title. Match. They may even throw bait in there again. Um, but as of now, I'm pretty sure we only know the um, mm-hmm. the uh, NXT title match. So, right. And who do, who do you think Tiffany will defend against, do you? Oh, that's a good one. I, I mean, I think they have to have another match between uh, her and Thea. I think Thea losing by kind of nefarious means in that one. I think I think she'll get another shot. I don't know if they'll do that at uh, at um, a great bash. bash though. But mm-hmm. okay, so it looks like yeah, it looks like uh, Wes Wes and uh, Ali are official. Uh, Carmelo and Ilya, and then Gallus is going to take on the D'Angelo family. So you have three mm-hmm. men just so far. Yeah, we'll probably have, uh, I don't know, probably a, uh, maybe like some kind of tag team turmoil maybe or something. Mm-hmm. We could have, um, yeah, like a number one contender match or something. Or maybe that that would, I don't know if that would be on the bash, but it's, it, you know, uh, it's interesting because we still got a couple of weeks, right, till the, till the bash happens. Yeah, so. it's on July 30th, so we've got... To at least two, maybe three more episodes of NXT uh, between now and then. So, all right, so lots to come. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's been a, a bit of a, a marathon tonight, so we're going to forego our stock up, stock down, <laughs> and anything like that. But we'll be uh, hopefully back on a regular schedule uh, after this. But, Logan, in the meantime, are there any recent pods or appearances uh, that you want to uh, point our fine listeners to? 
I'll, I'll just point out a couple. Um, Highway to the Impact Zones, the one I host here on the wrestling feed. Uh, we just did the Slammiversary 2006 episode. Um, we actually recorded two episodes last week to kind of ca- catch up and uh, kind of pre-plan for some vacations we all have coming up. So I uh, kind of get in the head of the game. Um, but and then I have a new one on the North-South Connection called Linking Up Luchas, where we're going through the uh, Lucha- history of Lucha Underground <sighs> episode by episode. So um, definitely yeah. looking forward to getting into more of that. But uh, I have a ton of pods. I'm on pretty much every show on the wrestling feed so you'll hear me somewhere but uh those are the two i'll promote tonight yeah wow you guys just don't stop holy sh- it's good to be young i guess mm. wow <laughs> uh for me yeah this is my uh my only real regular appearance here on this wrestling network i mean i have a couple other shows that may come back one day who knows they're they're fun shows but they're you know they're a bit of work uh, evolution i only did a handful of episodes but that that was a lot of work it was a labor of love and maybe one day or somebody may take up the mantle because i think it's something that has a place on the feed it's just maybe i'm not the guy to do it um but uh talk about uh the other feed here though the pop experience that's my main home you can hear me uh usually one or two days a week uh on the pop video jukebox song of the day that's a quick little pod blast to start your weekday where myself, Steve Riddle, Keith Langston, and anybody else who wants to join in the fun does a quick little live watch of a music video. Every other week we have a theme, and it's been a lot of fun to do, and Steve and and Keith have been uh, doing a tremendous job on on the ones that they do. Uh, also, let's see, we have a new episode of Traders coming in the next few weeks. We're going to be uh, discussing a Harley Quinn uh, arc or collection of, of comics uh, actually that none of the guys have actually ever read. It was my turn to pick. So I was like, well, Harley Quinn's a character like, you know, I kind of like these days. I mean, I love the Margot Robbie uh, portrayal in the Suicide Squad movies, and I love, uh, you know, the cartoon on on, on Max. So uh, I like to, like, you know, read some comics on her, and, and it's, uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, cartoons of our youth, I'll have another one uh, coming out uh, soon. I just have to uh, find a guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Pop Goes the Classics, the the Disney series they do with Steve and Miranda. Our latest episode, Fantasia 2000, recently dropped. Our next episode should be coming within the next few weeks, which is Dinosaur. And then uh, The Muppet Pod, hopefully we'll be back soon. Uh, the Laughing Theater, the Pixar rewatch, the Blockbuster uh, rewatch will all be uh, dropping new episodes soon. Uh, also, though, a little note, unfortunately... Our, our friends at Stream Lounge uh, had uh, called it a day, so to speak. Um, they uh, decided, uh, you know, to uh, things weren't didn't get to where they had hoped, and um, you know the platform has uh, kind of ceased. So uh, thank you, Logan, for coming on there and and doing some things, and thank you to all the people involved in Stream Lounge for for allowing me. And uh, everybody else, uh, part of Place to Be Nation, to come on there and do uh, live watches, streams. It was a lot of fun. We had a really good time doing it, and it was great working with you guys. So really appreciate that. But you know, anything that we did, that I did at least as a stream, will still be released as pods. I have a bit in, in the kitty to uh, to uh, drop. So uh, look for those coming soon. And don't forget, check out, and, and Logan mentioned the North-South Connection. Check out that great podcast feed. Great mix of uh, wrestling, sports, and pop culture. Okay, so that's going to bring it into this episode of Who's Next. Uh, we look forward to talking about the results from the Great American Bash on our next episode. So, 
for Logan Crosland, I'm Andy Atherton. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. <laughs>